0: All right, we're only running seven minutes late, so I suppose we should get started.
1: Dude, you didn't even give me enough time to tweet out that we were going live. Your production quality is dramatically improving over the years.
0: (laughs) If by improving you mean I'm just throwing caution to the wind, then yes.
1: I'm just going to retweet you. I don't have time to do this.
0: (laughs) 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 You know, you might have had time if you were doing the tweet and that dude sandra's mom made this giant fucking
1: bucket of horchata and like i cannot stop drinking it it's absolutely amazing but i am super excited to have our special guest on this week this is someone that uh derek and i have talked about having on the program for for a long time it feels like we've been going back for months about this uh is silver fuse welcome to the
2: show thank you justin
1: i understand you've had a pretty busy day
2: yeah, it's been a really busy day. I casted for about seven and a half hours, and then we had like an hour warm up of going through a bunch of technical aspects before. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty long.
1: Well, uh, from what I heard, you you did an absolutely amazing job. I was really impressed both with the the show in general and with your contribution to it. I, I thought you did great. You're
2: on the bottom, real quick. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, we spent about two weeks pretty actively working on it beforehand.
1: That's awesome. That is, uh, how many weeks did you say? Two weeks. That's two weeks more time I mean... than went into the creation of the Master Series. <laughs> <laughs> that's not yeah, true. I don't <laughs> think
3: there... that's quite true. <laughs>
0: yeah, there was a whole team of people that were working on it that just weren't us, Justin. But we, yeah. we actually had some pretty grueling rehearsals. Yeah, no, we did. That is true. But I think you know me well enough at this point, Derek, to know
1: that when I'm not involved in something, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was that. Uh, see, in in Justin Fantasyland, that long pause was you going. Yeah, Justin's a really good guy.
0: <laughs> yep. Nope. That was pretty much it. So, uh, one of the things that I want to mention, because a lot of people may not know, uh, just because Silver Fuse didn't didn't quite make it to the big stage, but Silver Fuse did incredibly well in the Master yep. Series. She was. Mm-hmm. In, uh, like one of the people that was on the bubble of getting in from points. So like not yeah. only did she cast today and performed, you know, fantastically there, but uh, she's an amazing player as far as the game goes. And absolutely uh, was like within a hair of being one of the people that went to QuakeCon.
1: I remember uh, as you and I would fly in on Fridays or Saturdays. Like we, you know, we'd be updating constantly the. Uh... The, the standings on that website that doesn't work on mobile. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like we were both, we would talk back and forth and we were both tracking your points because we were both rooting for you. We were really, really hoping we'd be able to hang out in Texas.
2: Yeah, um, I was really close. I was two points off and it was the point where like one like card would have made a action. difference, but that's just how it goes.
1: Which card was it? Was it?
2: Green <laughs> Vitality. I actually went 0 3 with Scout. Two oh, no. of my four times, and Ooh. that is how I lost. Actually, was just not drawing drain vitality. It would have won me the game multiple times. Ouch! It was yeah. It was um, always against all aggro lineups that I lost to, where oh, I didn't okay. draw DB.
1: Okay. I I see. By the way, and usually we don't get too involved with chat at this point in the show, but I see that your biggest fan Shunara has actually joined us. I was wondering mm-hmm. if maybe <laughs> I wonder. I was wondering if maybe you had uh, a couple things you wanted to say about Shunara
2: um well first off you need to ban him from the channel um (laughs) but anyways just so people do know uh, ban shanara always is a joke i have a lot of respect for shanara he does so much in the community he's a great mod and he's really a great person so if i ever say ban shanara i don't actually mean i have nothing against him he's great (laughs) but do hashtag ban (laughs) shanara
1: Got it. I'm actually a mod in uh, in the chat here, but I don't know how to ban people. <laughs> That's alright. I timed them out. ban
2: the name.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: I only
2: ban people if they make, like, really, you know, bad comments. Like, I'm pretty lenient in general, but I've you found a few times.
1: Have you found a lot of that sort of uh, hostility uh, in, in chat for Legends Twitch in general? Or more lately? Or what's been your experience with negative um, people in, in chat? It was...
2: Worse, around the time that I was like um being seen for Quakecon when I got top eight,
1: okay. and
2: a little bit after that, as well. Um, I would say I maybe banned someone once a week for something like that. And during Quakecon for a bit, it was mm-hmm. like maybe once a stream, I would ban someone for making some kind of like sexist comment.
1: i I, that's the issue right like the sexism like that's what I. it's always
2: sexist it's never like it's either sexual or sexist it's one of those two it's nothing else
1: that's exactly why i ban people from my chat as well um and it's it's sort of been eye-opening streaming with sandra like i i don't get sexist fucking feedback when i'm streaming by myself or when i'm on youtube uh but she gets some some pretty hostile shit every now and then and Mm -hmm. you know i all kidding aside i actually do know how to ban people
2: (laughs) nowhere like it just comes out and you're like what did i do wrong i'm just trying to play a card game and stream and have fun and then all of a sudden you're like telling me i'm this awful person or that i can't play the game because i'm a girl or whatever it's i mean it does happen and you just ban and ignore and it's just kind of the world that we live in right now sadly and there's not too much more than just taking control of your channel saying i'm not going to allow this ban it and then try not to let it get to you. Because, oh, wow. I mean, I get comments all the time on, like, how I look, how I'm playing, if, you know, I yeah. could be doing different things and playing Legends, because, you know, there's all that kind of stuff. And, like I said, ban it, ignore it, move on.
1: Well, I think that your gameplay since you started playing, really, has really kind of spoken for itself, right? Like consistently finishing well in everything you've applied yourself to. You're one of the most, and this is something that Derek and I were saying, like while we casted the, the Master Series qualifiers, is that you're just consistently this like really top, you know, high finishing player and uh, that's why we were, watch- we were tracking you for your points because we just assumed you were going to get in because you kept reaching the top, which is something that most people, you know, were like in and out. You know, even the people who qualified like week three and four, a lot of those were people who didn't show up in the top mm-hmm. thirty-two in any of the previous ones.
2: Yeah, the consistency. Um, I actually it was actually funny because the people that I lost to ended up generally doing pretty well. Like, I actually lost to Shine Storm my first qualifier, though I got okay. one point where he got. He lost the one after that, so he was really close to top 8, and we were both like, Oh, you almost had Dwemer to top 8, and I was like, you're gonna get up next time, and stuff. So like, we <laughs> cheered each other on ever since we ran into each other, and awesome. it was really cool to see him to go to QuakeCon. He was cheering for me still as well, but um, I lost to respectable players, and although it was like hard because it was like I played really, really well during that time, I would say. like. It's a lot different when you're not playing on stream and your only focus is just the game, and I think people forget that a lot, is that the the game when you stream versus the game where you're just sitting in your own little world are two very different things when you're trying to explain what's going on, talk to your chat, I mean there's a lot of multitasking that goes on. So I feel like I played pretty strong and then after that I had recorded all my videos and I looked over them with um, other top players in the game and I was like, hey, like I actually went through all my scout games with Please Don't Hack Me. I was like, could I have done anything else here to win the game? He was like, two of them? He was like, nope, no chance at all. One, he said, well, you might have been able to do this, but it was still unlikely. So like part of that, I felt better because there wasn't anything like, oh, if you would have done this, you would have just won here. But at the same time, I was like, dang it, I couldn't have done anything there either.
1: I mean, as far as, like, reasons to lose, I think normal variants might be the best, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I would have felt a lot worse if it was like, oh, if you would have, you know, played this, you know, the Brahmin here, and then done this, like, you just completely missed this. I would have felt pretty bad about that. But at the same time, it's something to learn from. So, there's pros and cons to it, I would say.
0: Cool. So, one of the things you'd mentioned, uh, and I agree, is that when you are streaming... I think people do forget how much of a multitask it is, right? There is a lot of distractions. You're watching chat. You're watching your like production equipment. Um, There's a bunch of different things that you monitor. How does that carry over for you to events that you did like today? Uh, Like casting, for example, because I also find, uh, and especially for us during the master series where you had people talking in your ear and, and things like that, that, Uh, It can be just as easy to miss things uh, while casting as it can be to miss things while streaming because of all of the different distractions. So how do you balance that um, in your casting experience?
2: Um, Yeah, for sure. I don't think that's something actually people that knew about it, but Almost the entire time, we had Costa talking to us of like, hey, I'm going to show you this scene. Hey, we're going to do this. We're about to go to this break. In three, two, one, your life. You know, stuff like that just over and over again. And it is just another layer of depth to the game. And it's really, really hard to focus on. Like, you know, I'm sure you guys had it. If you, like, missed a lethal color, or something, you know, a perfect lethal or something or, like, a really interesting one, and chat's always like, omg these casters don't know what they're talking about and how could they miss that it's so easy but like little do they know is that you are listening to all these cues you're looking at the both perspectives you're looking at both hands it's a lot different than just sitting there laying back you know eating some popcorn and watching the game it's a whole different experience and it gives me a lot of respect for people who are doing that multitasking on top of that we are hitting you know past the seven hour mark And you've been thinking about these things the entire time and you're also too like you're on camera the whole time like being on camera is it's tiring because you do have to care about how you look when in a professional environment. You can't just be like slouching back and like doing whatever moving around and stuff like you have to look nice as well. There's just so many bits and pieces of depth that you have to... I mean, also, too, putting a shoe on your head. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was to say.
1: I got so many things to say for
2: <laughs> I know. I was looking at... <laughs> maybe, maybe this is only for Charmer and not for Justin.
1: <laughs> First of all, Derek did do some amazing multitasking during the, the, the casting he was playing marvel strike force on his cell phone while we were casting this in front of thousands of people
2: (laughs) (laughs) wow charmer
0: to be in my defense though (laughs) in my defense that was like the least of my issues i wasn't like trying to change into a wig and do makeup and stuff in between scenes (laughs) or that is
1: true that is true but we had this thing too going on where they would uh if there was more than, like, I would say three seconds, maybe, would you say, Derek, of, of dead air, somebody would be in our ear saying, pick it up.
0: <laughs> oh, it wasn't <laughs> like, even three oh, seconds. Yeah. Like, if, yeah, it, if it, it felt like fun. both of us swallowed yeah. at the same time or something, Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, Perry, yeah. and don't get me wrong, this isn't a knock against Tim. He was fantastic at, at oh, being yeah. a show manager. Absolutely. But Perry would be like, yeah. too quiet, guys. Somebody's got to do something. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, it was... It was- dead
2: air was... It's always rough, and too, like, that's a big thing on streaming, too, where, I mean, when you first start streaming, you, like, at least for me, like, I talk to myself a lot just because you don't have any viewers and you don't have anyone to talk to, and then, honestly, I think since I've gotten viewers, I've become a little bit more lazy on it, like, I would admit that that sometimes you're you know because you're just used to people who now support you and i need to talk through my plays more when i stream but at the same time sometimes you feel like an idiot because you're like well of course i'm playing this because of this like why else yeah. would i play this card but then people will be yeah. like well um i wasn't quite sure why you did that i was like oh i just need to get butter at this but i think being able to have that um a few times like there are. Or, Laser Justin was like, hey, I need to go check in with these players. Uh, Can you go cover it? And that's when you see me just kind of talking to myself, like rambling on with it. And that's what you have to do, though, because dead air is boring air and no one wants to just see the game. You have to keep going. And so I think streaming and always finding these little topics to talk about, even if it's not necessarily Legends related. And I think that's something Justin's really good at is bringing in a joke or something. (laughs) <laughs> like, it, it's a skill. Like, it takes a lot of practice. It, I mean, there's some people... I'm I'm a very introverted person, so I'm not naturally, like, talking about all these, like, different things all the time. Like, I was so in high school that people, like, just knew I kind of kept to myself, played sports, did scholars' role, kind of stuff like that. And so being, like, extroverted on stream is very different.
0: Yeah, it certainly
1: it's, is. It's funny because, like... I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in person with Derek. We're we're actually not... I mean, like, we're only, like, 50% in person the way we are on camera. Yeah. I uh,
2: mean, there is a camera personality.
1: Yeah. Man, I don't think it's the way most people would assume, actually, we are in the real world.
0: Yeah, no. Him <laughs> and I, I think, off-camera probably swap spots.
1: Yeah. Like, I am, pretty, <laughs> I am pretty calm and, like, thoughtful in person. And, like, you know, I, I kind of, you know as a reflection of just what I do for a living and stuff. And and Derek's kind of, like, more let loose and, like, more kind of rock on and kind of stuff. It's really interesting <laughs> when we actually hang out.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like I spent all of my time at a boring office all day, and by the time I get out <laughs> in the world, I'm like, all right, let's do this.
3: Let's go! Right, right.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, I think... I, I asked that question because I just... I was reflecting on this a bit the other day i actually think casting is more difficult than streaming or playing uh and it's for a lot of the reasons that you just said it it is the the production stuff it's the filling the dead air but it's also uh you're almost like keeping track of just strictly from the game's perspective uh twice the amount of information because you're when you're streaming you're just saying like this is what i need to do But then the minute you're casting, it's what I, what do I need to do if you're like in the player's shoes? But then also I can see the entire other player's hand and what do they need to do? And you're keeping track of both cards played. Uh, There's no deck tracker when you're casting, right? It's for all those people who say like, hey, I love the deck (laughs) tracker and whatever. You don't have that when you're casting. And a lot of times you don't have production stuff off screen.
1: We Um, had, what did we have? We had. Like
0: photocopy printouts of the decks. I think uh, so yeah,
2: I remember those in the pictures yeah. where you all had those. I was like, that looks like terrible. To and look that at was those.
0: that was an upgrade. Uh, yeah, there was a lot yeah. of times where we were doing it like from our phones or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's just a lot of information that you're trying to juggle and talk and have somebody in your ear and and sometimes the in your ear stuff is like. Hey, just like you said, right? Like, hey, I need you to buy time because uh, one of the players isn't ready. Hey, I'm updating the,
2: the bracket. You're
0: gonna see a graphic, see. but it's wrong. Make sure you let them know. Hey, when we come back from break, <laughs> Justin, you're yeah. gonna have a shoe on your head because Chet asked for it. Like, yeah, it, you, you never know what it is. And so, the the more I was reflecting on it, I was like, you know, I think it's just more mentally draining to cast. And then on top of it it's almost always for longer hours like i don't think that i've uh consistently streamed for as long as a lot of those tournaments go so
2: yeah we had short like five minute breaks and that was like go to the bathroom get a drink of water just really quick things of i mean definitely not a break by any means because you're like i need to get back i need to get back
1: Yeah, we learned that we could eat bulgogi bowls in four minutes.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we were we were scarfing food in between those breaks. In fact, one of the first times that I mentioned that, like, hey, let's let's pretend like we came back from break, yeah, uh, and that we like Justin and I hate each other like as a joke. That, that that was twofold. One, I just I thought the idea was funny, but two, I wanted extra time to eat, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, this is my long and roundabout way of saying uh, congratulations, you did a great job today, because we, Justin and I, know specifically from the experience how difficult something like that was to do. And, you know, you and uh, everybody at Team Ringstar did a, a great job today.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of work when it pu- was put into it. We've spent a lot of time. We did, like, you know, backgrounds of all the players, how they qualified, uh, all the graphics were made by uh, Sozi. Like, he did so much there, too, Costa and then Lateralis. I mean, just everyone put in so much work and effort, and we were all really happy with the end product. We all felt it was something we were all proud of at the end, which was really important, and... we're all really excited about it too so we're excited for the ones in the future I think the next one's going to be in January I don't know if I'll be casting it or not there's a chance it sounds like we're going to try to do a little bit more rotations just because they felt like um, you know Laser and I did great but I would say our energy was down toward the end just because that it's a long 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 time and it's really mentally draining to do that many games if we had more control lineups too we would have been done maybe two hours later
0: (laughs) yeah Speaking of rotations, uh, so when we did the finals, obviously they introduced a new dynamic to Justin and I, um, where where we were rotating people, which in many ways was kind of like breaking up our casting rhythm. And then we also had a third person on the desk. And as as we were talking about that whole dead air thing, um, when you have three people on the desk, at least in my experience, it was. Not so much dead air that was uh, a problem as it was trying to find the right time to step in. Yeah, I was so, waiting for your turn to speak. Right. Yeah. So uh, In the yeah.
2: finals, we actually added Costa to it. And I do think having three people's respect- perspectives is really good. But then your rules change again all of a sudden. Because yeah. we went from, uh, I was the analyst and uh, Laser was the play-by-play. And now I have Costa in there too, who also usually does play-by-play. So they often were play by playing, and I honestly didn't have too much time to analyze things too quickly. Or quickly. On top of that, we had two aggro matchups, so there was a little bit less thinking on some of the turns. I would say, not saying that aggro is brain dead or anything like that, but there's a little, <laughs> little less thinking, so it went a it little bit first. quicker. <laughs> <laughs> um, it went a little bit quicker, so there wasn't as much time to talk about the plays being made and the decisions. I would say where i think with Uh, some of the control matchups you can tell you can be like oh or really if the player is taking longer then you have more turn or time to talk about the different potential plays where at some cases we didn't but that was also okay because we didn't really have too much dead air i think we did pretty well with that overall but i can definitely see we talked about bringing costa in earlier too but the reason was we were afraid of that dynamic being thrown off since Laser and I had done we've casted and warp meta together. I've casted with Costa and Warp meta too, but we had never done three before. So we were a little bit worried about how that would go. So we ended up doing on the final after we announced the new card.
0: Yeah, all the people that we were sharing desks with uh at the finals I thought were were great. Um it wasn't necessarily their dynamic or or who they were or anything that was necessarily throwing me as much as it just was. It's really hard to figure out like, when is it like my time to speak? Because when there's two, it's so conversational. Like if somebody takes that pause, you know, or Justin and I had even worked out like many hand signals when we were doing it in the studio in LA. And then when you go to that three person desk and um, like, not everyone is even in your field of vision because of the way they had a sitting, like one person's like in a blind spot there was um there was just a lot more there and so i wished that we had uh slightly more time for rehearsal just so i could work that kind of like kink out of my head but um yeah
1: you know what i got from all this from her description of uh the future of the classic series there's a job for you and i buddy
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I not think too with uh, three people, it does. Because when someone pauses and then you both start and then you kind of have that awkward pause because you're not sure which one of you needs to continue their thought. And it is it is just kind of awkward, especially when the three of us have never casted together. And you all being on such a big stage too, I can imagine that was just rough. Because you had done four times with Justin, or Charmer and Justin had gone together. And then all of a sudden, oh, now you have CBH. Or now you have uh, Corey in it. It was just a different bit because you hadn't really worked with them that often, and it was three people,
0: yeah, and you're trying to mesh roles. Um, again, the people themselves were great. like everybody was yeah. was wonderful, but much like you were talking about with uh, having the double play by play on your desk when it was, for example, like CVH myself and Raptor, were all like very traditional analytical people right like those are the things that we like to do we like to analyze uh you know plays and power levels and whatever and so um we're probably the most alike whereas like Corey and justin are you know not to say that they're not analytical but they're more like flavor right so like when it's a justin and Corey desk it's most (laughs) like (laughs) at least i knew what my role was when i was with justin and Corey. i knew what my role was it was i'm the chaperone right but when it's like me and raptor and (laughs) cvh Then I, I have to go like okay you know uh, not only like when do I step in but like what do I offer now right like yeah you know at least sure. at least Josh has the uh, like you know he's a developer uh, a card designer for the the game right he can draw on that and CVH has his Bethesda experience and then I'm like <laughs> uh, you know help, somebody help me out here uh, I'm gonna have to start doing weatherman impersonations or something.
3: Fuck, dude! You, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> look, look,
1: look, look! That was terrible. I'll admit it. It was absolutely atrocious, and I knew it wasn't funny like the second I started doing it. I know. But I was so committed, and I was like, "Can I make?" Because my what kind of crippled me was I was thinking to myself, helicopter noises into this microphone. Like I don't, I've tested. It. I don't know what they're gonna sound like. So I I half asked it and then I just lost the like the commitment and I just was like, I don't wanna be doing this anymore. And, like I'm in the mid sentence. So I was like, oh god, fuck. I could like, see it. All this went through my head in, like two seconds.
0: Yeah, I I could see it on your face, which is why I kept bringing it up because every time oh. I mentioned it, I knew that it was like baiting you to do it again.
1: Yeah. Oh jeez, dude, that was so embarrassing. Yeah. I honestly though, aside from that, uh, I think I did pretty well at QuakeCon. I think I did better during the uh, the qualifiers, though. I thought you, Derek. I thought you did great at all of them. I think that honestly, I think what I was doing suffered the most on the three-person desk.
0: Oh, I thought that was actually your standout moment on the three-person desk. I feel like Justin (laughs) has uh, more belief in me than my own mother did. Yeah. So, uh, you also got to reveal <laughs> a, a card today. It, I can't deal with you tonight. <laughs> I know you can't. Uh, you got to reveal a card today, uh, on the stream as well, Silver yeah. Fuse. So, yeah. do you wanna, do you wanna talk about that for people who may not have seen it?
2: Alright, well, if I remember correctly, it is a 6 Magicka 4-4 four four Wolf, and it's called the Apex Wolf. And what it does, it has Breakthrough and Drain, And when it dies, it's last gasp is it gives the top creature of your deck uh, drain and breakthrough as well. And it's the the power card.
0: Justin's so excited he choked. (laughs) Oh, he might be dying.
2: (laughs) Justin, no.
0: Justin, no dead air, man. The show must go on.
1: (laughs) Dude, the horchata is so fucking lit, bro. (laughs)
0: You can't take okay. the headset off, man. No dead air.
1: Oh, god damn, dude.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, Apex Wolf. Much like she said. Six cost, 4-4 <laughs> four, four Wolf in willpower. Ow! And uh, Drain Breakthrough, Last Gasp. Uh, now, one of the things I thought was interesting is it specifically says you when it dies, you draw the creature. It's not you draw yes. a card, right? So if you you're draw a
2: creature. So if you did couple yeah. the actions and you just put an Odaving, which Warriors and I were talking about, Namir's Ring, Odaving and Apex Wolves. Um except that I guess you'd only have to run one because you might just draw more Apex Wolves, but right. I I was from the very start I was like, "Wow, this would be so much fun if Odaving landed on this card and someone played conscription."
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: I like no. that idea a lot, but I don't know. I think, personally, the card doesn't necessarily have a home in current decks. Um, I think for 6 Magicka, for 4, like, I don't see what it would go in, especially when you can't control what that drain and breakthrough are going to go on. I think having a draw makes it a lot better than people initially think, just because draw in yellow is quite nice. Some people are talking about the potential of, like, a mid-range spell sword. Um, I, I think know, I'm really wow, interested to see what other cards come out before I make too many judgments <laughs> on it. As of now, I would say, like, I wouldn't see it play in Constructed, but in Arena, I could see it being pretty good. But, like I said, gotta see what the other nine cards are, and then the other expansion as well.
1: I think that, uh, it goes, like, this is a top 15, probably, uh, Arena card. Like, in the game, personally. It's got Draw, it's got Drain. I think that, and, and as a four toughness creature, it's going to trade favorably with most of the things that land on the board before it at six magica. I'm huge on this card in arena. I mean, it's an epic, so it's not going to see a lot, lot of action. But I, I'm huge on this card in arena. Constructed, what it, it, it what I, I just, I think this last gas ability is fascinating. What I, what I like about this card is that it inspires me to try all sorts of horrible ideas right
2: <laughs> yes this is what I actually put right away I was like oh this is such a Justin card
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> like this is like I, I saw this card uh, and I was like wow I, I can think of like all the top of my head like a half dozen creatures that I need to give breakthrough and drain to and that's not <laughs> even counting like actually looking through the collection one by one and thinking this is another stupid thing I'd like to try with this card. Uh, I I mean, like in some ways, this this card like hits a lot of different like like player demographic points. Uh, Maybe not spikes so much, but like um, you know, you have the wolf tribal you know thing that uh, people are are gonna build around. You know, now that they have this card to add to it, you've got the the animal decks that uh, people are gonna look at this card for. You've got the life gain mid range decks that monk and crusader have historically played around with. Uh, You have the life gain monk in general with the uh, the monthly reward guard guy. <clears throat> that you can curve this guy into um yeah you, the the draw is is i think the thing that might push into constructive playability in, in some kind of like tier you know four deck or whatever like that um just because it does replace itself and in, in like a mid if the meta becomes particularly mid-rangey you know the, the apex deck apex wolf deck becomes kind of apex because it's got this huge advantage and it's got drain on a, on a medium-sized creature I'm really big on this card uh, from an like a inspiring-me-to-do-things kind of card, which is way more interesting to me than, like, uh, is this a 5 5 for 4 you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and I think that's something, too, that a lot of people do overlook is the fact that, oh I mean, God. it's great. I love competitive and I love tournaments, but I do think, like, there needs to be, for the community to do well, I think there needs to be a balance between fun cards that people enjoy, but also cards that give the, you know competitive advantages but also give meme advantages as well I guess is what I would call it and I but, like how this card like it feels overall fairly balanced to me like even though I don't see it getting constructed play like I like the design of it and I like the ideas of things that you can do with it in the future even if it is meme-y, um, I, I, I like the design of it in general I like the way the designs are going in the new set as, what we, as the two cards that I've seen
0: yeah, when I look at the card, so the first thing that came to my mind, much like everybody, is, like, what, what do you want the effect to land on? So, uh, stuff like Odoving is, like, super flashy, even something like Ancano is probably, like, fun or good enough. Um, but I, I started trying to think of, like, what are the, how, like, what's the kind of density I would need to pack with my deck To, like, really make it worthwhile. I think that even giving something like Cradle Crush Giant could be, uh, like, a a turnaround play, right? Yeah. Um, I think that given, um, honestly, just, like, any, like, four cost or less creature in a deck that you're running Unstoppable Rage in, because now... now you're thinking to myself like if you're playing against that card you're, you're thinking like what did it possibly land on and how does that impact like right. my board state if they have whatever the creature is and unstoppable rage like let's say you low roll and it lands on like broom of profiteer but that means at 10 now they can still drop a three you know attack drain creature and potentially wipe my board and gain a ton of health like it yeah. it changes things um my my biggest drawback is that I think that at 6, it competes with too many other cards that either are more impactful at 6, or are cards that I wanted to play after they've got the effect. Like, I really, really wish this card was like a 4-3 that costed 5. Because a lot of times when you're playing Willpower Control, if they haven't played something massive on turn 4, like a Bleak Coast or something that you need to cast into time, when you hit turn 5 you you've got your cast into time or your javelin and you don't want to play it and you're going like, well, now what do I do? So this costed yeah. five, you could play a proactive thing. And then, then when it dies, hopefully it draws you that cradle crush. You want to play on six, or hopefully when you hit turn six, you're just playing ice storm or whatever anyway. But yeah. because this costs six, it competes with a lot of the other cards that I think are just like turn six is such a huge swing turn in the game that, uh, in, in many ways, I feel like this card is balanced the same way all willpower cards are, which is you you print good willpower cards at costs that have everything else good. Like the last wolf yeah. we got, right? The last wolf is a great card, right? The monthly reward card isn't terrible, but it costs of, four. V- right, right. It's a right? very
1: strong card, in fact. But... Yeah, it's
0: a very strong card, but it sees no play because it costs four. And when you're playing willpower, so does everything else that's good cost four. So, right. um, yeah, I really right. wish this was a different cost.
1: I'm glad yeah. you brought up Unstoppable Rage though, because like my one of the first like actual decks I plan on building with this is a Crusader Unstoppable Rage deck. <laughs> because you could you could pack a deck where every single creature in your deck is something that's either early game and like you know let's say you give a Protector of the Innocent uh, drain, that's totally reasonable in a deck that's going to need to fight for the board in the early game in order to blow somebody out in the mid to late game.
0: Yeah.
3: And,
1: or cards that you want to give drain and breakthrough to so you can just win the game.
0: Yeah, like Bog Lurcher. Right.
2: yeah we were talking about Rage Rotor and Rage Holalu earlier um of course it does like compete with like Candy Crush and Necromancer for example if you're doing I guess more of a mid or conscription lineup but I I don't know it could see potential like even as a one of or two of I don't know three of if it would get too clunky I I mean I think that traditionally experiment with
1: yeah I, I think that what you could like I know that uh well, actually, like uh, I've worked on I, a long time ago, Burn and I worked on a mid range, like a, a Rhetoran Rage deck, and we had a single copy of Undying Dragon, right? Because mm-hmm. there were going to be times where that would win you the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. this I think in a lot of cases is just better in that shell,
0: you know, and, and that's just off the top of my head. I would really like to see, and I'm just throwing this out here, Justin. Yeah, uh, the potential for some sort of uh, hybrid Unstoppable Rage and Alter deck because this card is an altar of Despair um, companion, right? Like, you're going to draw cards from it. They're going to enable your game plan. feels much better if you get it off of an altar as opposed to having to hard cast it.
1: And one of the reasons traditionally you you avoid willpower in altar decks is the complete lack of last gasp abilities. Right. So having a last gasp that draws you a creature and not just a creature, like a powerful creature, or at least a jacked up creature,
2: uh,
1: (laughs) is potentially great. I agree. Two
2: one Harvey uh, with
0: Breakthrough. <laughs> uh, you know, even a 2 on Harvey with Drain though is it can be totally
2: yeah. relevant. It can.
0: Yeah, I'm also I'm I'm keeping an eye towards the future because like we saw Kano printed, and then we all were like, oh, that's neat, and then later on we saw Red Year, and that became like a meme. <laughs> there is right. a part of me that's keeping an eye out for, um, you know, I'm yeah. waiting for them to print like some sort of giant that on summon just does like you know ten Ooh. or twenty damage to a single creature, right? Just like, as a, like it comes into play and it's the giant from Skyrim that like boots you into space or whatever it is. Yeah. We've all seen those YouTube videos. Like I want I want right. that creature to be printed in the future so that I can try to hit that with the wolf. Right. I do have some questions. Uh, you know, you,
1: we talked about like single creatures you want to trigger this ability on. I do have some questions about how this card interacts with uh, Shadow Mirror. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, that's... That's a good point. I locked him. He didn't get off a single attack. I assume that Shadowmere probably loses the buff because if Shadowmere gets other buffs, they... They uh, leave when Shadowmere changes zones. So, like, if you've ever hit Shadowmere uh, with, like, a Skeletal Dragon and then brought it... Like, maybe you lost it from a Camel and then you bring it back, right? And then it goes to your, your deck. It's not, like, keeping that buff. It's not... Uh, Like Eternal, where it follows it permanently from zone to zone. See, I
1: I haven't done that. That's why I was asking. I do think that this card is playable in a Stealer of Secrets mage deck that ran exactly four other creatures. (laughs) I mean, giving Stealer of Secrets drain and breakthrough could be huge. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why way Stealer of Secrets loses is just a guard creature. (laughs) 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 Right? Yeah. Giving it breakthrough and drain... uh, could make a tempo stealer of secrets play something you might be interested in doing and just pulling your shadow mare when it's a one of in your deck can be huge as well
0: yeah it helps you find that combo piece right and that's a deck that functions
1: you know as well as it's going to ever function uh with you know um a minimum number of creatures anyway i mean like look this is I, this is why i think this card's great you know this is why i think lich's Ascension's is a great card even oh though gods. it's completely unplayable. <laughs> like, because, I like like I've said before, I spent more time tr- trying to play Lich's Ascension than any other card that's ever been in Legends. And, you know, like, you want people to want to play the game more. And this card makes me want to play the game more.
0: Why don't you just try to make daring heist work more? Do you remember when that card got previewed and you kept saying, <laughs> but it says draw two cards? Yeah. Why don't you go <laughs> draw two cards more often?
1: Uh, Because it turns out that, like... Here's why I haven't tested that card a lot. Not that be- Besides the fact that it's not good. Uh, I don't attack my opponent.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It goes against everything you stand for.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I'd love to play Divination, <laughs> but I'm not going to play Daring Heist. Although, to be fair, like I, I have played Daring Heist when it's been randomly given to me before, but I don't think I've ever put it in a deck.
0: So, uh, I'd love to hear Silverfuse's thoughts on the other card that was revealed so far. There has been two. Uh, from the new expansion, which is uh, for the record, if you're just living in a cave, uh, it's called Frostfall. It's gonna be 11 cards. So it's gonna be a mini expansion, very akin to the Madhouse collection, very akin to uh, the Forgotten Hero collection. This is gonna come out soon. We don't have an exact date, but they say soon soon, as in before Isle of Madness, which is still expected before the end of the year. Um, And my favorite thing, personally, is that uh, you can buy it for ten bucks? You can buy it for gold or for twenty bucks, uh, twenty U.S. dollars. You can get all premiums, and I, I, I still a really think cool idea. I still think that's like uh, the best thing ever. Um, I so think the it's other good
2: marketing for sure.
0: yeah. Uh, so the other card that was revealed is Piercing Twilight. It's a four-four, uh, Daedra in Intelligence. Uh, it has yeah. Guard. And it has a summon ability where when it comes into play, you choose a card in your opponent's discard pile, and then you remove all copies of that card from their deck Mm -hmm. and from their discard pile. So the hand, just like Cast Into Time, the hand is a protected zone, but if it's in their deck or their discard pile, it'll banish it. And so uh, we'll start with with Silverfuse because she's the guest and is also more knowledgeable than we are. And... uh, (laughs) It's fair. It's very fair. <laughs> uh, I, I want to hear some thoughts.
2: Um, At first, I'll say that I was pretty critical of it because, you know, it was very hyped up, and I was like, wow, the card's actually not that good. Yeah. So, like, I was like, four mana four four for guard. I was like, that's okay. But, like, reading the ability, like, I, and I know Justin probably feels the same way. We both hate conscription with a passion and want to see cards that deal with that, at least have, have some kind of counterplay to conscription, I guess. And, uh, I was like, I was like, yes, a conscription card that, you know, is going to take away from that. And after reading, I was like, uh, well, I mean, you still have to deal with the conscription and then look at it. But then it was brought up to me that... At the same time, you can also just get rid of the early two drops from Conscription. So, say if they play Harpy, and, and then the Harpy dies, then you get rid of Harpy, and then you Blink it later, and now you've gotten rid of the Wardcrafter, and then Blink it again. Now they have no more Barrow stalker, And all of a sudden, their Conscription on 11 has five creatures that really don't do that much. So, I was thinking there's other ways to use this card. I think I was thinking of a, in a really one-dimensional way at first. But this card has a lot of opportunity. I mean, they're so I like the idea of a mill deck sounds like a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, like I think I would do that in Telvanni, where I mean you could play experiments on that card, you could uprising. Like, there's so many fun things where you can just mill your opponent's deck, especially if it is a conscription deck that's played all these two drops earlier. Um so, like I said at first, I felt like, oh, this card isn't going to see any play. It's not that good. It's not going to do what I want it to do. But after thinking about it, it is a card, kind of like what Justin said, that makes me want to play the game. And I can see it, like, getting put up as a one or two of in Tribunal. Maybe put in even as a one of in Telvani or something. So, I think it's the card that's actually going to surprise people and be more useful than we expect from just seeing the card.
1: Yeah, I thought I agree with almost all that i mean i i I think the four four guards for foreign intelligence i mean they already exist and they i you do occasionally see like unironic uncombo drez renegades in uh in decks that can run it it's not frequent but i mean it does happen from time to time um but the uh the banish ability has tremendous you know variety of application um and I'm excited to play around with it. Of course, the first thing I'm doing with it is building a mill deck. But like, yeah,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I'm already, I mean, how I, can you I'm, not? Yeah, I,
1: I've already calcu- you know, counted up exactly how many times I can hope to blink this card in a game. But, uh, so that's what I'll want. be doing. With it.
3: but, <laughs> Plus it's,
1: right, but it's cool because it is a very targeted card that is clearly has some very clear applications that people are going to want to try with it. Five 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 uh, but then you also have all these other things that like because this is a relatively new mechanic, uh, you know, banish itself is used very frequently, removing cards from people's deck is used being used very infrequently. Um it opens up a whole bunch of new deck building space in terms of these blinking things, uh in terms of you know only really needing only having in some matches to answer something once instead of three times. It's it's a fascinating card. And and again, sort of like the wolf, like feels like you know, look, if you're going to release a set that's only 11 cards, like, I'm glad that it's, so far, two cards that make me want to try something new, make, you know, fit, in my mind, into multiple different classes, have multiple different, you know, both ridiculous and more, like, reasonable applications. Uh, I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll wait to talk about how I think it fits competitively to, f- to first say two things. From the just sheer fun standpoint... Yeah, mill mage sounds hilarious. You get your cast into <laughs> times, you get this card, you get Dark Rebirth, you get A Knight to Remember, you get, uh, get the, Black the Illusionist.
2: Black um, Dragon. Yeah,
0: yep. you you get all of the ways that you want in willpower and intelligence to like blink this card and mill things and, and do all, all of the fun stuff that I think it's funny. And if it ends up becoming a thing, Justin, your counter meta pick, just as, as your head's up, is yeah. to start unironically playing Waves of the Fallen, because if you turn <laughs> all of your stuff into mummies, they can't mill it because uh, it'll just be mummies in your discard pile. Genius, um, bro, genius. So, from like the competitive standpoint, I think that... So, you know, I did an analysis video, and like right out of the gate, I think that it best helps any of the decks that were already running Memory Wraith, because it's just, in more cases, better. At what yeah. memory, Wraith memory race wants to do? There are there are um, yeah. uh, You've some seen it from time I'm time in mage in
2: particular. I, I honestly haven't seen it that much uh, in like mid high yeah. legends.
0: Uh, well, so I'm not saying that the decks that play it are that high, but I do run mm-hmm. into them on the ladder, and you know rank one and legend rank players that are playing support mage will run uh, a one or a two of of memory race as their way to stop conscription. Right, because um, that
1: deck just loses to journey.
0: Right. It, it, it can deal with the conscription yeah. just fine. It just loses the journey, so they run right. one or two memory race to deal with the journey, and then they, they call it good. Um, I think that uh, this card immediately makes those decks better if you were running it. Uh, and then my next thought was, I really think that it has the best impact in the tournament scene uh, because of what I call like the the Kherkan Zul paradigm of if you even just include it as a silver bullet as a one of if it's an open deck list and your opponent knows that you have it they have to play around it so there's some like mind game trickery that occurs just from this card existing um and i my initial response was like it's a it's a control tool for other control decks gets rid of stuff you don't want to see um but the more i've been thinking about it the, depending on how the meta flows and depending on what other cards are printed um, if we ever go back to a very heavy uh, like prophecy meta uh-huh. this this card is really good at hitting something that was already played and making you not have to deal with piercing javelins or lightning bolts or
2: cloud rest cloud rest or
0: whatever yeah. ever again and so while a 4-4 isn't great There's already a lot of decks that were running, say, Royal Sage, right? As a sometimes 4-4 with upside. Uh, There were in the past decks that ran Mystic Dragon as basically a 4-4 with upside. So uh, I I think that this card in non control decks could still see play as a very meta-dependent pick.
2: I think so, too. And like um, we know earlier, well, we know that there's more cards coming out, too. Honestly, I think this card, if we still had old Uprising Scout, I think this card would be amazing against <laughs> old Uprising Scout.
0: Yeah. For bats. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or,
1: I mean, depending, I guess, on what you're doing for... Not just bats.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's bats taking away the Uprisings. I mean, they yeah. to wait and, like, kind of accumulate more of the cards before getting rid of right. Necromancers. I mean... Galen, just banishing Galen would <laughs> win the game at times.
0: Yeah. I'll also say this. The card that I think is singularly hurt the most by the existence of our new friend Piercing Twilight is Merchant's Camel. Which we've yes. seen a huge rise oh, yeah. in yeah. you know in the last, you know, three months or so in terms of uh, you know how popular it is, how prevalent it is, and this this is a card that will just by existing now make yeah. you say like yes, I'd love to dig deeper. You know but, what? You
1: know what? Merchants Camel has taught me, man. It's helped me understand why why brainstorm needs to be restricted. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like it's it's kind of fascinating, actually. Like what I like some of the insights that like the, the rise of camel has, has given me because I remember when it first got revealed, it was that card was like, I think the only application I saw anybody even talk about it for when it was revealed was in um, the one combo deck that existed at the time, which was uh wisp mothers, wisp wisp Raiders. Yeah. And now it's like, I, I think I want to put that card in almost every deck I play.
0: Well, you yeah. absolutely. Cause you don't attack anybody. Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, the <laughs> only downside to Camel before was it being a low statted creature, but at the you same know, time, it's... you gotta dig through your deck. I mean, it was really useful in a lot of ways, but now you have to think more of, what am I throwing away? And do I have another copy have in it? it? Like, say like say if I'm playing Nyxok's combo, and I throw away a Pathmage. I need to have another Pathmage in hand to do with the regular Nixox combo, although there's a lot yeah. of other ones. Um, same thing if you have Conscription... I mean, there's definitely the arguments for that. It still becomes situational because, you know, it's still three cards that are either going in a 50 or a 75 card deck. But I do think that that allows for more play. Like, you have to, I guess, think about your plays a little bit more and what you discard from Camel a little bit more. Um, I will say, though, like, we see these cards that kind of hurt control, I would say. Well, at least this card, I would say, is more anti-control. Or I'd also like to see some cards that give control a little bit more against aggro, because, like, today, not that I have, like, anything super against aggro, but we had a lot of aggro in the tournament today. I mean, everyone pretty much brought Warrior, and I would like to see something that balances that out a little bit more, because, like, Warrior, Halalu, like, they are, they're really strong and they're really good right now. But I feel like control's really pushed out right now in general, and I want to see more things that, like, allow control to be a little bit more viable, I would say.
0: Do you think that Conscription decks are control decks? Mm. I think when they're played properly there.
2: Yeah, I would say, like, in theory they're supposed to be, but I feel like people play them not properly a lot and yeah. don't get punished for it because of the resource extension that you get from all the draw and what you... Like, a Conscription, you can draw three cards. Like, that's ridiculous that you get 11 mana, play a bunch of two Magicka creatures, and then you get to draw three cards... And yeah. that like that's nuts to me. I I don't like I don't think conscription should be like necessarily nerfed as a card, but I dislike it for that reason that it just it gives control a very definite one card win condition and I don't like that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah so I, I
2: would still call it a control deck for sure.
1: I think that people would be more inclined to instantly think of it as control if historically control mage hadn't been a deck. Right? Because the control mage won
2: mm-hmm.
1: 25 minutes into the
2: in your opponents to death.
1: Right, <laughs> right. You know, like, the, like it is a control deck. I, I would argue that almost all the conscription decks are control decks. um, But they play so much differently than what we've historically thought of in Legends as control decks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Legends... We, I mean, I think a lot of times people try to just say everything's just aggro or everything's just conscription. And then we have our, you know, pseudo term of mid-grow, which it makes me cringe every time I hear it. Calling Warrior. I mean, we just yeah, watched Warrior today kill people on turn five or six. There's nothing mid-range about yeah, no, that deck. No. <laughs>
1: that, that's, that's people trying to feel better about themselves.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, like, I feel like legends we still don't have that many mid range, and we really don't have many control we did get to see doom today that was brought by rocket boy um i know that will still brought his control decks and then i think link brought all the mirror shrine control decks which were fun but i mean i like pasta as a very strong aggro player and was able to take them down i i mean they're just i don't really think of many control decks and be like wow that's a really good deck right now i mean I can say Tavani Conscription is pretty decent. Um, A lot of people that were playing aggro did ban Tribunal Control, but I think part of that reason is because of Ice Storm, and then Prophecy uh, Javelin, and Prophecy Lightning Bolt can turn games pretty well. But overall, it just kind of felt like, I would say, Mid-BM was huge in it as well, which I like Mid-BM a lot. I love seeing that deck. But I feel like a lot of the control decks were pretty pushed out here, and I... I disliked that, I guess. I like seeing a mix. Um, I know not everyone likes that, but I really, like, at QuakeCon, I feel like we saw so much variety, and then as the, you know, warp meta influences the meta quite a bit, and we've seen uh, Super, Joe, and Frenzy, and Cho all do well with these Agra Scout, Agra Sorcerer, the Agra Warrior, the Agra Halalu, Spell Sword, and that's turned pretty much everything into aggro and like I personally I'm not the best deck builder but I don't really see anything where I'm like wow here's a control deck that I can just build to you know punish these decks better like there aren't that many options and I'm, that's why we saw the mid BM I think control dagoth is a pretty good one that's underlooked and then uh, the tribunal can do okay too if you're not doing a super greedy list
1: yeah I it's, think it, it feels like when I run
2: was just it was really underrepresented but at the same time when I watched it it kind of fell flat in most cases, too.
0: Yeah, I think that the game needs uh, like more either lethal creatures or stuff that has very similar effects. Because right now, what I think, in, in my opinion, one of the biggest reasons that we're having uh, the issue that we're having with aggro being as good as it is is there are a lot of very magica efficient threats that exist, and the removal actions to potentially efficient. To, to potentially counter them are not efficient and that's fine i don't think that they necessarily need to be because at its core legends is a game about creatures right like you have two boards for a reason you expect people to put stuff on them so if you want to <laughs> make the actions be slightly like inefficient or you don't want to have a ton of sweeps, like, because that's the other problem, let's be honest. Like, it's Ice Storm, and after the Drain Vitality nerf, it's Ice Storm, and it's Ice Storm, and it's yeah. Ice Storm, and it's Ice Storm. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to go the other route, and you have to have uh, creatures that exist that are under for aggressive purposes, but still give control tools to combat it. And so, that's why I'm, I'm saying lethal. It doesn't necessarily have to be lethal, but I'm using this as a good example, because, like, you can't just say, like, well, give Control, like, this really awesome, like, you know, 5-4 creature that's got guard but is always shackled. Because, turns out, aggro decks still figure out a way to use Vigil and Ancestor if they oh, really yeah. want to, right? It's
2: a great way to protect threats, plus right? um, well, renegade <laughs> and I mean.
0: And you can silence it and then it swings for 5. And mm-hmm. so... When you give it just raw stats, when your answer is raw stats on the board, even if it is meant to be a tool for control, aggro will find a way to abuse it. Unless it's those, like, cheap lethal creatures. And with the exception of, like, maybe Tempo Assassin, and I've seen a couple of decent Tempo Archer decks, um, that's, like, the only way, really, that the lethal stuff has crept into aggro, because, like, having one attack just doesn't really help your game plan often enough. Yeah, and um, I think that's
2: something... Uh, out of the assassin like that was the idea of that card wow. and it has done pretty well against things such as like catapult but at the same time like it's one creature it's still a two mana one two with like the rally is nice but it's just not enough like i've been playing i've been playing uprising scout a lot this season just because i want to see the deck work and obviously it doesn't work that well i think i played well over a 100 games with it just because uh part of it was like all right cvh was like all right this deck is viable with the db nerf and i was like maybe maybe it is maybe i'm missing something here and after playing it a lot i was like all right it's still even with the assassins and stuff it's still not quite there i'd like to see the deck to be a little bit better but not quite there and cvh actually beat me with um freaking goblin monk when i played against them i was like there's nothing i can do as scout like you can't high roll to win anymore which i dislike that like i Personally, don't like the DV nerf. I think adding a little extra Magicka to it would have been a better nerf. And still, maybe we would see like a more yeah, balanced meta right now, too. I can't say so for sure because we don't have it.
1: You know, Derek, you, I, I have to go back to something you said earlier and turn this around about make sure it's about me again. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned that uh, this is a game about creatures. I want to point out that I one season hit Legend with a deck that had no creatures in it from rank five all the way to legend
0: i mean just because you can doesn't mean that that's not at its core what what the game's philosophy and identity is about is what i'm saying right there's always an exception to a rule but uh the rule is
1: no I'm, I, I agree with you i agree with
0: you yeah and so like it, i would even go as far as to say um you know what is it deepwood trapper right it's like a card that i've always really yeah, liked because it's i agree it's you know it's not super great necessarily right now but it has that same philosophy low attack defensive stats right so if we saw more uh cards like that that maybe were a little bit bigger um or even just more Which cards is also
2: used in aggro yeah right but <laughs> it's like using used in Holalu and scout
0: um you know more more cards that can kind of help you stall the game to the point where your inefficient removal then does matter then I'm okay with that just because you're still playing creatures, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, you should be incentivized at some point to play some creatures. Um, but yeah, I mean, re- the lack of efficient sweeps is a big one, right?
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree as well.
1: How do you feel about an efficient sweep in a color other than blue or yellow?
0: I think that reds potentially got home for it. Uh, I've always thought yep. that I would w- want to see something like uh, burn and pillage, but reversed, where it does damage equal to the number of runes you still have.
2: Mm. Ooh, that would be kind of fun, right? Wait, we've like, talk- we-, we
1: talked about this like a year ago. I feel like
0: probably I've talked to you about so many card ideas that it's hard to keep yeah. track of. <laughs> That's um, <fair. laughs> But but yeah, I, I think that there's room for uh, sweeps to exist in in other attributes for sure. And I think that there's different ways to approach it, but there, I mean, there's gotta be something and it's gotta, again, like turn six is such a huge swing turn in this game because one, it's when the power level really starts to ramp up, like turns four and five, when people are already playing five fives, even ice storm feels like it's coming too late. And by the time yeah. you get to like Dawn's wrath turns in many ways, you kind of have to have like already won by that point and the wrath mm-hmm. is really like the, like right. nail in the coffin. Um, I can't even, like, unironically suggest Waves of the Fallen because that's still at turn 8. You know what I mean? I think yeah. I think something needs to exist even if it's smaller scale in that 4 or 5 range um, yeah. to, to... And it has to be uh, an effective or efficient removal because there is cards like Firestorm that exist, but the reason Firestorm doesn't ever see uh, play is because when my opponent's playing the Black Dragon, and Bleak Coast Trolls, doing two damage (laughs) doesn't do me any good. Right? right, right. Like, my opponent's playing cards on turns two, three, and four that all don't die to Firestorm.
2: Even their turn two often doesn't die to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Firestorm is one of those cards that, like,
1: every now and then you play a match where you're like, oh my god, Firestorm would've won this game. And then the rest of the time, like, and, and, and so you go ahead and dropping your deck
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was like three magicka or three damage I mean it, yeah. would be, it would be better In with the prophecy it would be just I, I think it would be a little bit too insane but something like that is more along the lines I think of what we would need to see just because there aren't like, there just aren't the answers that control really needs against the aggro and I feel like aggro just yeah. keeps getting a little bit better and better and the controls tools like I just don't think it's quite there
1: I agree I want to see uh okay is just like thought experiment because i don't actually know that i want to see this but uh doomsayer from
0: hearthstone you guys both familiar with the card
2: yeah two mana with seven beginning your turn wipe the whole board
1: right what does that do to legends
0: i think it has to be a lane instead of the board because there there has to be some like it has to be de-incentivized from just jamming it in the shadow lane yeah. That just really is putting
2: two in the shadow, lane. Right? like seven. Like, I definitely know it couldn't be an 07 because there's nothing in our game besides like a viper or something that could deal with that card, and that would like it'd have to be lower statted for sure. Um,
0: uh, I don't know. We have more silence in Legends, though. I there's not there a ton silent. of silence in Hearthstone.
2: So, what you have like negation. I mean, it's, if, if, if it's two magicka, there's not many options, even with the silences. Yeah, well, I mean, there's Nord, no Firebrand, Halal, or Sharpshooter.
0: I mean, yeah, but conversely, right, if you say it's two Magicka, but it only hits a lane, right? If yeah. if my first, like, two plays went to uh, the field lane, and then they drop it field, and I can't kill it, I still get to push damage for that turn, and then I can start loading up in the shadow lane, and then if they answer there, then yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's m- s- maybe True. an early two-for-one, sometimes a one-for-one, one, sometimes a nothing-for-one, right? It I think that if it was limited to a lane, um, maybe, uh, yeah, I think maybe it could be playable. Maybe it costs three instead of two, I don't know, but...
2: Something like that, I actually do like that idea, and I think it would, at least for a bit, it would increase more tech choices in ducks, which I like... I like it when something changes enough where tech choices are accounted for, and I like how deck building gets rewarded in that way. Of course, if the meta starts getting more stale, then, you know, it's been, you know, problem solved, which kind of happened with, like, Gambler for a bit with Crushing Blow as well as Ash Berserker, where Lightning started kind of falling out of favor. But I like seeing those changes where, like, one card that was not as favored is now becoming favored because of a different card as well. Yeah,
0: those Steel Scimitars all become Bone Bows.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be so interesting.
0: Right? <laughs> mhm.
2: I mean just you know a card that was considered unplayable garbage to being the best one. Like I I like stuff like that just because it it's just something new, it's something fresh.
1: Yeah. So we're getting a monthly reward card this month. Um which I'm I mean I I love monthly reward cards. I think they're some of my favorite cards. Oh, no. What uh some bad thing. What are you guys Hoping for in the monthly reward card.
0: That's a good question, Justin.
1: Are you making fun of mm, me?
3: I no. would like. This. I was feeling <laughs> dead <laughs> air,
0: man. I was giving her time to think. I nice swear, brother.
2: I would definitely. I mean, I definitely want to see something playable, uh, preferably in the near future. I know, like Black Ham Messenger was seen as unplayable originally, and then became very, very strong.
1: Hold on, we. Derek i know I you too saw it it's playable yeah. okay. i know you too did
2: <laughs> disclaimer i know that you two disagreed with that but i would say like as a general consensus the community was like wow that card's hot garbage and it's not gonna be like <laughs> and then it became like one of the best cards in Telvanni.
3: Hmm.
2: um but i definitely want to see something that's like playable sooner rather than later i don't really have a specific color that i want to see um yeah i don't i can't necessarily i would like to see once again i've been talking about earlier i would like to see something that helps out control somehow like it doesn't even need to be a broken busted card but something that allows it to kind of get back into the meta again because even on ladder i'm seeing i've been seeing either a lot of conscription talvani or a lot of aggro like a lot of warrior still
0: i want to see something that is in the archer class because we haven't seen it and I also want to see it support control in some way to give me an excuse to uh, revisit rage Halalu Urcher. control, <laughs> revisit Rage Archer, revisit Dagath control.
2: I would absolutely love to see like a control-based like Rage deck, um, well, a creature-based like that would be a lot of fun to me. Yeah. It would be nice to see that kind of like, and I think that would be something that would balance out the aggro and control a little bit more like I don't even need to see spell based control I am very finally seeing more uh creature based control as well just things that help that up how I'm really in favor of.
0: yeah just yeah. give me a, a wear giant <laughs> right it's got drain it does damage when it enters play it's <laughs> I just I need a wear giant
2: and it has prophecy too <laughs>
0: sure why not I think we need some more orc cards
2: Ah, PDMD is in here. Legit- he <laughs> likes leg- that idea. I mean, well, one was already announced, sort of, not exactly, but they said like, oh, you know, we're gonna do these more theme cards, such as orcs. So I'm assuming we're getting some kind of orc card.
1: What
0: exactly did they say? They um, they they said something about there being an orc, but that was about it. I just yeah. Hope... They
2: more or less said orc. They never said class. They never said what it's gonna do if it's playable or anything like that, Justin. Yeah. I, I hope it's I something that public. I can
0: endure.
1: I like. I really. It would be cool if it was endurable.
0: I. I just really hope that uh, it's not something that's like really annoying (laughs) and boisterous. And
1: I bet orc fans should probably tune into my stream this week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to see something in Archer, and I would like to see it support control and maybe be on the cusp of being, like, definitely control-based, but, uh, like, a possible tech choice if you wanted to include it in, um, like, certain mid-range strategies, right? Like, not saying uh, Alina, but something like an Alina, right? Where, like, it's mostly a control card, but every now and then you might see a mid-range play it as, like, a tempo player or something. I think that that would be um, nice to see this month.
1: I do, I do think that, like, a playable, um... I do think that a, uh... A creature control deck can be really interesting. You know? I, I obviously way, like, prefer control by just... Measures that cannot be fucking like, explained. <laughs> but, uh... But I, I think that, like, it is totally possible to a very satisfying experience with, with a creature-based control deck. And it's actually... That's one of the reasons why I'm so disappointed and I've always been disappointed that Rothgar is a, uh... The unique legendary, because I think that that would be could be the basis for a uh, creature control deck.
2: I mean, I really like uh, the control Dayoth variant. I think that's a pretty strong creature control deck, and Tiny I think though. it would actually do really well in this meta. Um Just from what I've seen, like it's oh, definitely yeah. like if I was playing the tournament today, I think um, if I was good at Tempo Assassin, I would bring that. Uh, mid bm the controlled dagoth and then i'd probably bring a warrior of myself like i think that's what i would have teched against but i think that deck is probably a little bit underplayed and it's quite a bit fun and i know i know charmer loves to talk about his mid dagoth and his win rate and how good it's been the last two months and I, i agree with him i think it is underplayed
0: i listen there's a lot of aggro And I think that uh, the presence of the drain creatures and a lot of the efficiency there has a a really good matchup. Like, I've got a stellar win rate against aggro, and I have a good enough against control because of the reach that it has that, uh, at least on the ladder, I think it's underrepresented. I could understand not wanting to take it to your tournament lineup because uh, mid-BM does a lot of very similar things, but might be slightly more consistent. Um, Yeah but like i also am the kind of person where i wouldn't feel bad if i took both in my tournament lineup either and then like force them to pick which one they want to ban if that makes sense so yeah um That's i how just I, feel so. I think it's well positioned right now all like horrible shameless self-promotion aside like give it a try i think it's good
1: <laughs> dude horrible shameless self-promotion is like yeah literally my number one function <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like I, again, like I know I usually say it tongue in cheek, but uh Satanine's better than advertise gang. 'Cause yeah, I would agree with we that. we
2: all do work today. Um you yeah. two missed it. you have all these disgusting excuses. But anyways, <laughs> uh Link uh, brought it and he ran it in multiple decks, like such as the control sorcerer. And we saw one time where he was able like he was able to do very efficient trades with Wardcrafter by yes. throwing on Satanine onto Wardcrafter, making that efficient trade, and then crawl fire blooming the one target. Like
0: yes what, what more
2: can you ask for the, the old one time, is so good yeah so then another time um he had a thieves guild recruit threw are on a satanine and traded it into a witherhand cultist and that's like one of the good things about the control bait or the creature based control is witherhand cultist doesn't really do all that much when you can throw a satanine and just you know uh, trade into it, as well as the fact that Satanine's pretty fun with uprising. You get to give something three attack. It's a good way to skip runes. I think it's uh I think it's been underplayed and after watching Please Don't Hack Me play it, Link play it, I know that Charmer really likes it, and I've seen Indo play it in a couple decks too. Like I think it's I think it's been underplayed and it's fun to see that card kinda of make an appearance now.
0: I agree. Yeah, it's there's nothing more satisfying in my mind than like when you're trying to fight for control of uh, the field lane especially if you're like playing from behind right like if they got the first play like they play something and you play what your ward crafter or your wind keep spell sword and then they play something bigger and you trade with the first thing and then they slap down like that bleak coast troll or whatever their big bad is and then you just say to me in your leftover body that had ward and then trade up like being able to trade up into their 4 cost and then play another 2 drop alongside it really helps you catch up in tempo. Yeah. It cannot mm-hmm. be understated. Um, in my Daggeth deck, again, speaking about that 0-1, um, I unironically still include Merrick for a number of reasons, and giving like that 0-1 an extra item is mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of fun. Um, but even sometimes just sneaking in like uh daggers from crown quartermaster or tomes from daggerfall mage right like toming your oh one to trade into somebody's fighters guild recruit to then uh protect your bigger threats uh there's just there's a lot of versatility the O1 also counts for uh your oathmen right so daggeth specifically yep. that oh one that's left behind even if the creature that had the sword died will still count um it's it's just—it's really good, and even in non-Dagas decks, like I'm playing it in Sorcerer now. I've tried it in a couple control decks. Much like Silverfuse was saying, it is uh, under underplayed. Guys, go out. Let let Satanine run rampant.
2: Let it flow through your veins. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: <laughs> the only thing better than Tazcat on turn nine is your Cliff Racer plus Satanine on turn seven for one more damage.
2: Wait yeah, I mean, let's be real, Tascad is almost <laughs> used as a finisher, <laughs> or trade to break through for a finisher. It doesn't... The 4-4 actually doesn't see too much play Fire from Tazcat, because it's always used as a 6-6 charge.
0: Oh, yeah. Usually, if I see that 4-4, um, I think I'm losing. Someone's losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, Cliff Racer Onslaught is, uh...
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: A pretty good goddamn card.
2: <laughs> I've actually dusted that card like three times now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Justin.
1: I couldn't even bring myself to run three copies of it in the deck that I built to play it. Like, I I will say, like, I have I had a lot of fun the last couple weeks playing um, Char's, Re- Re- Char's Breeding Pit. Like, that, like, Betrayed with Mushroom Tower, that's, I mean, massive tempo swing. But uh, I mean, obviously, you lose a, an entire turn of tempo playing Mushroom Tower. But uh, mm-hmm. Cliff Racer Onslaught is just—I I can't find like
0: no no use for that card. Listen, for the low price of spending your entire turn nine doing nothing, and your turn ten spending all of your magica and sacrificing a creature, you can get Drain Vitality again. I mean, exactly. Oh.
2: Exactly, oh. exactly, dude. You're totally right. So sad. <laughs>
0: i mean you also you also get like you know 20 uh power on the board or whatever it is like sure i guess but drain vitality
1: Corey Mellows wants some cliff racer facts so i'm gonna i'm gonna I find one real quick.
0: yeah it is it is that time we should <laughs> uh, transition to the interactive part start taking some questions from chat
1: so i don't know if you know this Corey, but pterosaurs are flying reptiles not dinosaurs and pterodactyls lived around 150 to 148 million years ago during the late Late Jurassic period. It's a relatively small pterosaur compared to things like the Quetzalcoatlus, who had a wingspan the size of a small airplane.
0: It's actually uh, uh, Quetzalcoatlus. I always uh, mispronounce it. It's The bird is named after a Quetzalcoatl. Right? right, like K-
1: Ketchup Ketz- 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 is my my name in my Discord.
0: Right, so so that's uh, I always remember that that's how you pronounce it because when I was in like the seventh grade, my teacher said just remember yeah. Ketchup Bottle. Oh, nice. So
1: sounds like a genius.
0: Yeah. Hey, they 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 were actually pretty awesome. Um, I. <laughs> Sorry, I I, I I actually really fucking funny. I actually have something that's not dinosaur related, but is an actual Cliff Racer fact. It turns out Cliff Racer is the lesser known uncle of Speed Racer. Uh, he's named Cliff. Oh. Um,
1: oh my god! Well, you're the Hive Charmer, who's ben. related to the that Hive is true. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Fuck. So well, this is the interactive portion of the podcast, if you guys have any ridiculous questions about Legends, about us, about our special guest, Silverfuse, or about absolutely anything, shoot them our direction and we will give you an answer.
0: I'll kick things off with a question. Silverfuse, Uh, what is your husband playing in the background? Because I've been able to hear him off and on. Oh yeah, the entire show,
2: yeah, yeah. He's playing WoW right now. Oh, it's
0: WoW, okay.
2: Yeah, see, uh, it's usually League, WoW, or Dead by Daylight.
1: When I talked about playing World of Warcraft on Twitter a couple months ago, I had, like, countless people not just respond to my tweet, but also send me private messages imploring me not to play it. They're like, Justin, you have impulse control problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Don't play World of Warcraft. Like, you
2: haven't started playing Heroes yet today, have you?
1: <laughs> no, I am playing Slay the Spire right now, but I have not played Hero- <laughs> Heroes of the Storm today yet, no.
0: Narth in chat didn't have a question, but said, I always feel like this podcast could branch out so much more if it wasn't just a legends podcast. Uh, there's a reason we try to keep it reined in and it's because Justin and I would be here for hours. Yeah. We, yes. We already have this thing run like two hours every time when it's supposed to be an hour show. If, yeah. if we could like get this thing really off the rails. Oh gods.
1: Yeah. That's not to say that in the future we might not make a podcast about something else.
2: Like in a- pods.
1: In addition to this. Oh yeah, well, so season two was Tidepocalypse. We are now in season three, which I don't think I ever gave a bullshit name to. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Uh, where it I is. think it was the threequel.
0: The threequel? That makes sense. The NyQuil. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, I think we're going to do a special podcast uh, for the midterms because we're going to cover who wins the election. It's going to be uh, a tight race between Juub uh, and uh, angry old white man on Kano, and uh, you know we'll talk you through it. Um, we should do an, a live election podcast, dude. I would, I
1: feel like that's like. I feel like that would be fun.
0: I, I mean,
2: Trevor I do, and Justin watched the debates. I, yeah, I do
0: think it would be fun, show. but I, I I want to do it legends themed. Like I want to talk about how Juub is anti cliff racer immigration and he gets them all out. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Yeah, I would. Dude, I was about to say I would watch that, but I'm like,
1: of course I would watch that. <laughs> I know you. Would. <laughs> I'd be on it because I was gonna say that because I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's
3: fine.
0: Oh, you can talk about how yarrow Bulgriff wants to build that wall.
1: One of the best things I think we ever did was Mystery Science Theater 3000, the uh, E3 conferences. <laughs> yeah. I just made fun of it the entire time. This is like two weeks after we had like been at Bethesda headquarters, and we just spent an hour ripping on all the Bethesda products.
0: <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Sorry guys, it was, it was out of love. <laughs>
1: totally out of love. Corey says he's voting for the guy from my YouTube ads. God damn it! So there are two people, two people who might win the governorship. I'm sure there's others running, but there is a uh, a guy named Walker Stapleton running for governor of Colorado. And he runs – his advertisements for him appear on my YouTube channel, right? I do not plan on voting for Walker Stapleton. and I plan on voting for Jared Polis. Uh, and I've made that clear. But, like, I'm a little torn because, like, it didn't explain to me that the only way I could stop these ads from running on my YouTube channel is to just demonetize my videos. And so this week I learned a very valuable
0: lesson about what the cost of my soul is. <laughs> I I thought that there was a way that you could, like – Blacklist certain URLs or something. I would look into that again, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: I feel like the creator should have some say in what's advertised on their content.
1: It'd uh, be pretty it sweet. Is.
0: So uh, we do actually have, uh, we do actually have a couple of questions rolling in. Uh, the first one from Propaganda Style eighty-seven: uh, Is there a story behind the bow, or is it just what it is?
2: um i would say like first it was something just to like recognize me a little bit more but when i played volleyball in high school as well i played varsity softball and volleyball and something that we often did was wear bows and usually you know hair up and then you'd have like a bow right here and i always thought it looked really cute and i always liked the way that it looked and so i just bought you know just a little bow at the store and i actually have multiple colors but i wear this one because it's silver in silver fuse so I just always like the way it looks. I think it, um, I think it's cute. It gives me a little bit more of an identity on the internet when, you know, there's millions of people that are, you know, young women with brown or blonde hair or whatever. So I just liked the way to identify me. It's like some people have been like, oh, yeah, you're the girl with the bow. Like, that's exactly the reason why I do that as, as well as the fact that I like it.
1: Yeah. Where did you get the name Silver Fuse?
2: um that actually does have a small background to it um silver was actually because that was the color of my pinewood derby card that i won with like in fifth grade so i was like cool silver and then fuse my softball team was the kansas fusion and so i shortened fuse, uh from fusion to fuse and then put them together and that's how i got silver fuse because i thought silver fusion was too long
0: so Basically, the short version is that bow is so that when Justin and I get lost and people are like, hey, little children, where's your parents? We can say it's the one with the bow and they can point us in the right direction because we need chaperones.
2: Oh. I yeah. mean, sure.
1: <laughs> I'm a little lost.
0: I, yeah, I know you are. Um, uh Iphotech wants to know what is the most useless support? It's the most useless <laughs> card in the game.
2: <laughs> ascension <laughs> yeah
1: it's i mean ascension we all know
2: ascension it. Ascension but... is useless
1: no it's not just ascension it's uh oh. it's uh flush culture a... no it's the prophecy no flush
2: culture is fun though oh
1: somerset ori somerset ori is the only card in the game that like is actually just
2: i thought it was support though
1: always bad isn't somerset ori a support
2: is it a support yeah it is yeah. it has three oh. charges
1: you can do it three whole times yeah that card is just actually Wait,
2: what does that card even do <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> no, it's just like actually atrocious
0: it shuffles all of the cards in your hand that have prophecy back into your deck and then you draw that many cards Like the idea is that if the prophecy oh, cards yeah. are in your hand you can put them back in so that players run into them and you replace them with more cost effective cards
2: Six. oh gosh yeah I, I, I think I disenchanted that when I saw it
0: I would consider playing this card if it costs like one or two yeah the, yeah. the cost is what's prohibitive.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree. Six a, a,
2: Magicka is <laughs> insane.
1: Aeolus mentioned the Dwemer Puzzle Box. Dwemer Puzzle Box I think has always been misplayed in like decks that care about the discard pile. I think Dwemer Puzzle Box is really a two mana cantrip that oh, yeah. is only I, like, useful in certain decks.
2: I ran it in a Voice of Balance no, Sorcerer before.
1: Run, uh, yeah. And I mean That, that makes sense. Fine.
2: And it had Journey too if I remember right. Cry increases it was fun. Uh, I didn't do super great on it, but I had a few people that actually had success in the ladder with that deck. So funny <laughs> enough. I've never seen.
0: So we are now uh, at the point where Zenkarn has asked us, when will Spooters, he means spiders, but he calls them Spooters, uh, be a viable tribal deck because they are the best tribe.
2: Huh. Never. <laughs> I mean, unless we see like I don't know, you'd have to see like a whole place that like dedicated to it, and then they'd have to be good cards.
1: Yeah, that would be rough.
2: And I'm... so I'm gonna just go with the never.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with never as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will aka Please Don't Hack Me wants to know for Justin and I when you guys don't feel like making content what makes you do it anyway? I assume he means YouTube content which is why he directed it at us
1: Uh, I have two I'll give you two totally honest answers. The first is uh, the community you know Um, people like it's it's an amazing social experiment or social experience I'm sorry you know (laughs) It it uh,
2: Freudian slip,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, Jesus, I've spent way too much time in grad school classes. Um. By the way, like s- <laughs> the psychology department's grad school students are like the, the like we are the uh the people who do the <laughs> take part in all of those studies that you read about later on. Um, but I don't know. So I I, I On, like, a deeper level, like, I have actually a a problem with uh, zero-sum games in general. I I don't view life that way, and I I sort of disagree disagree with it, like, um, emotionally and philosophically. Um, And so I have wondered for a long time, like, how do I justify, like, my enjoyment, you know, like a visceral enjoyment of playing these sorts of games? And I kind of have come to the conclusion over the the couple of years I've been doing Legends content that... um, uh, content creation in, in itself sort of as an act elevates uh, zero-sum gaming to a communal, like, shared positive experience. Because, like, it's no longer about when I put a video out there on YouTube where where I win or lose a game. It's no longer about somebody winning or losing the game. It's about the thousands of us who are, you know, in that moment or in those hours after it's released having this communal experience. And it it takes away what I view as, like, the inherently, like, negative and almost dangerous part of, like, zero-sum philosophy uh, from gaming, which is, 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 in my opinion, like, the easily the worst part of it. Um, it makes it a collaborative thing. It makes it a, a growth experience and something, that, like, we can all do together and enjoy. And so I think that that's a large part of what keeps me doing it is just the idea that, like, I mean, like, I don't think I'm any more important than any of the other people who are watching the videos that I make. Like, but the, together we're sharing this experience, and in some level it's making us all better people. Um, And and, uh, I said I was going to be totally honest, so the the other totally honest part of it is that uh, the YouTube channel makes a lot of money.
0: All right, Uh, since Justin was so honest, I'll be honest. Uh, I, uh, I suffer from crippling emotional depression most of the time, and when I don't feel like making it, I just don't. Which is why sometimes my YouTube channel will go five days without videos, and sometimes I'll go five to seven days without streaming. Because I just stop existing.
2: Yeah, that's definitely hard at times. Uh, I know the question wasn't, wasn't necessarily directed at me, but keeping motivation for streaming and content creation, like people are always just like, oh, you just sit in front of a computer and talk to people or you talk to a camera or whatever. But it's really a lot more than that because you are focusing on entertaining people, getting conversations going, trying out new things, giving unique and original thoughts at times. And it's a lot different when... You know, like, it's a lot different than just when I play by myself, I'm not talking to myself the whole time like I am when I'm streaming, and I'm trying to get more into YouTube content, as Justin saw my banchanara video. <laughs> it's cringy and <laughs> oh. it's awful, but, no, it's great. It's great. um, it's, it's things like that where I think doing it for, like, it's for yourself, it's for the community, and, like I said, I mean, also, too, if, you know, if we don't do it, then who else does? Like, I guess there's, there's so many reasons for it, and motivation is hard at times, especially, like, I also struggle with some of the emotional parts of it as well, where it's really hard to push start streaming some days, and I try to have the rule where I don't do it unless I'm really, like, feeling up to it and knowing that I'm gonna be able to, you know, give 110%, but sometimes, like, if I were to do that, I'm not gonna stream for two weeks, and you can't really afford to do that as a streamer because... Push audience is pretty fickle, and there's other people that you know they can go and see and go and watch, so it's something that you do have to push yourself at times to keep going on with that content and being your positive and like energetic self. And it is rough
1: to clarify. Like, Alvin Ziggy's asking if I'm saying that games are an escape from reality. No, I think that at their best, like, in the you know post social media world like gaming is like embracing like all the best parts of like communal like living that we no longer have right it's an opportunity to 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 appreciate an aspect of the world that like is increasingly diminished by our busy disconnected lives
0: yeah I don't I mean, do ga- I, mean,
1: I don't game to escape from reality like I, I my channel in my gaming and my online presence is sort of like my self care from my like incredibly stressful job but uh it's not it's never like it's never an escape it's more like just appreciating other people's like uh, interpretation of reality right it's it's looking yeah, at right things through uh you know 5000 6000 know, other people's lens every day as i uh you know get their feedback on what i've been doing
2: i would say when i stream i wouldn't say that's an escape for reality but it more or less is my social outlet um i work as a substitute teacher during the week and obviously i don't have a ton of conversations with uh younger kids and a lot of my friends that I was close with have moved to other sides of the country, and I only have, you know, like, a lot of I my friendships like are online, friend and I'm completely is. okay with that. I know that's not enough for everyone. I mean, I obviously have my husband that you've been hearing some. Um, I would say when I want to escape from reality from gaming, which I do use gaming for that at times, I'm playing by myself. I'm not playing on stream. I am listening to yeah, some chill music, watching some YouTube, and games. then I'm just mindlessly playing a game either casuals or I'm playing a different game.
1: I I don't really play Legends uh, off-camera anymore. I I do other games um, for myself.
0: I actually still play a ton of Legends off-camera. In the last two months, I would dare say I've played more Legends off-camera than on.
1: Let me clarify. I don't play on the ladder on my own. I play several arena runs and solo arena runs every week.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I play... Both. So like teams sometimes teams I, streams, I haven't, streams, I haven't been playing arenas much recently, which is funny, because I used to be like kind of known for being an arena player, but a lot of that was because I was grinding for cards before QuakeCon and trying to get a collection. I played I played like three arenas a night on stream and I streamed for over forty hours a week before QuakeCon, which was pretty nuts. Um but I just play, like, I've been playing Overwatch recently for one, and I've been trying to play some Dead by Daylight. Trying to get into some of the games that my husband's been playing as well, just because that's been one of the ways, like, uh, we've been together for six years, and from the start we had always played video games together, and I think that's pretty fun. I like it a lot. Even though he's not as much into the card games, he likes them from a logical standpoint, and he likes watching them. He actually watches preparing every single night, and he hasn't played Hearthstone um he likes card games but he doesn't like the grind of card games which i'm okay with to an extent like legends to me never really felt like too much of a grind of course i had that two weeks before QuakeCon con thought i was grinding for cards really hard but then after that it was done and i haven't really had to grind all that much
0: next up just we just- have uh nerf uh how do you guys think p- people would react to a very humorous expansion with slightly playable cards for example an expansion entirely of mud crabs
1: I'm the wrong person to ask
2: <laughs> um I'll give you the opinion on that I think that people Of course you'd have people like Justin, who, that would be the best thing ever, they would, you know, he would go off making videos and such, but I think people who are more invested in the competitive scene would be unhappy for the reason that we're really tired of seeing Telvanni Conscription on the ladder, and even Telvanni in general as well. Like, a lot of people want to see something new, they want to see something that influences and changes the meta, and that aren't just nerfs or buffs, like, we want to see new cards that give us new toys to play with, and not just for meme purposes. So I think a lot of people would be pretty upset if they were just like, "All right, here's a meme expansion. Like, it'd be fun if we, like, were getting consistent content, and then beforehand they're like, Alright, we're gonna have this expansion, but it's, you know, kind of, like, if they, like, gave us a heads up and it was in between, you know, two expansions that we knew that were, you know, we had one and then we knew one was coming that we're gonna be serious, I think the community, like, I think the way it's presented, but with the content chart we have right now, if you just threw meme decks or meme cards at people... Uh, it wouldn't be a pretty sight it wouldn't at all
0: yeah I was just about to say it entirely depends on what the content release uh schedule has been like up until that point I don't think that the content is the problem there are a number of players who would love it and not just Justin Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people underestimate how large our player base is uh, in terms of like casual players how large our player base is in terms of people who like only play on mobile um yeah Targeting them, I think, makes a lot of sense, but you just can't... It can't be, like, after this drought.
2: Yeah, and I think, I mean, competitive-wise, I think there's a lot less competitive players than there are casual players. Like, I don't think the ratio is even close. No. Um, (laughs) So, I think, like, I do think you do need both, though, because in general, not exactly, but most people who, like, stream the game and talk about the game... And are very invested in it. I mean, there's also people who are both like Justin. They generally tend to be competitive. People who are like, oh, this and this, you know, like, uh, like the people that I have discussions with are all like Tholder and, uh, like Imikayla, for example. Like, they are always focusing. They're always like making different brews and stuff like that. So you need to, I think you need to appeal to both groups and I am totally fine with like, you know, the meme cards, but you have to have things that go for both types of people you can like i mean i guess you could go all casual but then you start miss you like you start missing out on some of these bigger events like quakecon which i thought that brought so many eyes onto legends and it brought so many new players as well like e3 as well and i think people underestimate like how many eyes actually saw that and you know caused them to download the game and i think you need events like that and not just only casual but I could be a little bit biased as someone who likes to play competitively. I've
1: always said that, like, uh, a lo- I mean, I think, I think honestly, I can group you in this too, uh, Derek, but like, l- let me know if, if you if you disagree, but I, I, I disagree. Like it- Thanks, bro. <laughs> I feel like it might be more accurate to describe like what you and I do, even though we play, we like, we enjoy different parts of deck building and like different kinds of decks as sort of like a hyper casual thing, right? Because like we're not competitive players, but we do certainly, uh, like, look. I mean, like we could we can both tell you the stats on almost every single card in the game, and like we know when everything came out. We know the history of the game. You know all this stuff. Uh, we're we're just not competitive players, but we're not we're not the casual fan base that most players of every game is.
2: Oh, and right. to both of you, if you wanted to be competitive players, you could be, and you could be successful at it, I would say. So Like you still have that background knowledge. I mean, there's a reason why you're able to cast the game. If you didn't have the knowledge, then you couldn't cast the game properly.
1: That reminds me of my favorite feedback that we got <laughs> before we started casting. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which was endozoa <laughs> on Reddit saying that they should have found people who were better at the game to cast the, the tournament. <laughs> And I told him I responded with I you know I totally understand I am brushing up on how legends works by by watching a series of videos called From Loser to Legend. And he, and he, I don't know like if he just didn't know what was going on but he was like he's like those aren't really going to help. I was like okay. <laughs> like I guess I'm done.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this or not but Justin won the very first tournament.
1: I've stopped saying that.
0: <laughs> I just want to be totally clear.
1: I've stopped saying that.
2: Is it, was it with the all legendary scout or is that a different thing? Uh, it was basically
0: uh, like the, as close as you could get to that back in the day. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, um, I I think that's fair. I think Justin and I could be competitive. My biggest uh, problem is the time investment. A lot of the tournaments just run at times that I can't like compete in them because of my work schedule um, or family events or whatever.
2: It, when time I time consuming and they yeah, are draining,
0: yeah. When I can compete, I always sign up for them. Uh, you know, in the old Tesla Championship Series ones, the ones that I could compete in, I always felt like I did really well. Um, I enjoy yeah, I competing, I would like to, but it, I, I just can't, which is usually why. Uh, I try to make the YouTube content that I do because one, as somebody who's like uh, also a teacher, like Silverfuse, I, I get that teaching itch, and so I make content that tries to be helpful to people who maybe want to be competitive. And there's that whole, um, you know, I, I hate the expression, but the old like those who can't do teach, but it's there is some truth in I me. Hate that, I hate too. it too. I hate it so much. But there uh, there is some truth to it here in that like I can't compete, but not because I'm like incapable. It's just Because I'm incapable because of time constraints. So I would rather, you know, try to be helpful and and enable and and go from there. But
2: I think that expression works better with athletics where, you know, you might know the mechanics of the game and the logic behind the game. But you don't have the physical ability or you've gone past your prime. But I think as far as like. Uh, like legends are, she's usually like i don't teach bio- biology because i can't do it like that's right. just so stupid
0: yeah i know i, I hate it too and usually the people who teach are doing it because they just have a vested interest in trying to make sure that the future of our species is like semi-coherent and not a bunch of drooling numbskulls like uh, we, we
2: we kind of <laughs> like well <laughs> i don't know public like teaching in a public school has been i've always gone to public school there's nothing against that but holy crap um Uh, i could actually message i'm not in actually justin i'm going to be applying to where you used to go to school i haven't i'm working to not say it out loud yeah don't say that out loud i will message you where i'm working right now though since you'll know where it is which it's like oh yeah yeah it's like it's a mix where it's slightly underprivileged like some of the schools are like very (laughs) privileged and the (laughs) other half is like very underprivileged so it's really interesting to see both sides of the spectrum
1: i'll give you one guess which part of town i grew up
2: in <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's um like it's a huge difference between a school that has let's say like a nine out of ten ranking versus a one out of ten ranking and yeah. their resources are actually like and still generally is pretty okay or i just said it fuck uh, <laughs> But uh It's a I, huge I, school district. Yeah, it is ginormous. But anyways, um that isn't exactly where I live either. But anyways, uh it has like a mixture of both and the resources are there, but I think the way that I guess the parents upbringing of how the importance of education makes a really big difference as well
1: no absolutely i mean like we were poor shit and like my parents grew up on a farm but like they knew that the only way like we were getting out of that social class (laughs) was if i paid attention in school so like they obviously it didn't work out at first but but they really emphasized the importance of education and when i finally did get my shit together like that message like still resonated with me you know it's like why i went on to get a bachelor's degree and now i'm in grad school and stuff like that because like i remembered you know like they that message was important
0: yeah, I, I grew up super poor and underprivileged, too, and my mom was never, like, super hard on me for doing well in school, as much as she just always tried to foster learning, right? Like, if I was like, hey, I like dinosaurs, then she brought home, like, ten dinosaur books. Like, she my would mom, go get them from, like, them. the library, but, like, she would just do whatever she could, you know, whether it was in school or not, to make sure that I was exploring my curiosities and, and wanted to go that route, so. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Your mom was always really nice to me, too.
0: Yeah, up until the day she died, you bastard. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this to me, <laughs> Don't do this to me. Don't make me look like
1: some huge fucking asshole. Here. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't have to do that for you, Justin.
1: No, no, no. no.
0: Uh, Elvin Ziggy asks, uh, would it be cool if they had a cameo from their other games in Legends? So I think he's meaning like a Fallout cameo. Uh...
2: In Legends?
0: Yeah, maybe yeah. Um, a, a Prey cameo.
1: I We have a Prayer cameo every time I play one of my I stupid don't... fucking decks on the
3: ladder. <laughs> I
2: don't know if... um. Probably a little bit biased there. I, I mean, I want to try Fallout, but I'm not interested to seeing intertwined with Legends. But I know that, such as like, Gwent was like in with well, first it was like within The Witcher at originally, where I would be more okay with seeing like Legends just randomly kind of be in one of Fallout. But I don't know. I kind of lean toward not intertwining because I think a lot of people feel like things Sorry. like that are like pushed and forced upon them and. Like, even at E3, like, a lot of people complain, like, oh, we only got, you know, two, three minutes of screen time. But the thing is, though, not, like, not as many people are are interested in card games, and us, we're going to be biased about it because we're all like, yeah, Legends, woo! And a lot of people are just like, oh, yeah, another card game. So I think you have to find that balance where you're not pushing that on people too much but still getting them interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want to see it.
1: (laughs) I I wouldn't want to see it either. I will say, though, like, uh... Just in general, I I don't enjoy the Fallout games as much as the Elder Scrolls main series games. Not that I don't own a couple of them, but I've never played one of them. And Fallout 4, all I did was build, like, hotel, like, swag, swaggy, like, fucking hotel things. Uh, What are they called? Um, Settlements. I just used that as, like, a building
3: simulator.
0: Yeah, was Wayne McPain asked a very similar question so sorry Wayne I'll, I'll just kind of tertiarily uh, skip skip that but uh, his, like his was would you guys ever want to see the Legends mechanic spread into other Bethesda IP like Fallout which again feels very similar so um, I, I,
1: I, I would love to play a sci-fi card game
0: yeah I would love to play a sci-fi card game but I don't think that like I don't think Bethesda can handle two card games right now I'll put it that way
2: and I really don't want them to either. I mean, personally, I don't want them to be like, "All right, now we're investing this," because then I'd be like, "Well, shit."
0: You, are you saying that when
1: a when a company makes games that compete with its other games, it's not good for the game?
2: Yeah, it's usually pretty, pretty oh, solid. And hold on, I'm
1: taking I'm taking notes. I'm trying to figure. am trying to piece you, so something Justin, together.
2: Justin, don't make another YouTube channel that is yeah. the same content of your current <laughs> YouTube channel.
1: No shit. No shit.
0: Yeah, um, the other
1: Justin Larson.
0: I must be hitting the part in the chat. <laughs> yeah. I must be hitting the part in the chat where I talked about my uh, soul-crushing depression because there's a bunch of awe charmers and Narth saying, "Do do you want to talk about yep. it?" <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh. What's your favorite candy to steal from your kids on Halloween? <laughs> That's a great question. Damn.
2: It seems like a Charmer question. It seems like something Charmer yeah. does. <laughs> here's,
0: here's the actual, uh, actual truth. When Stark was younger, it was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, but the last, like, two years, uh, I haven't really been stealing candy. So, because I've been trying to get my life back in order in terms of diet. It's failing horribly, but I'm trying.
1: Derek, you are easily the most, like, attractive Legends content creator.
0: Oh, gods, no. Are you serious? That maybe Trader Joe, but yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Joe. Joe is handsome. I think Warriors is a good looking dude. Um, I think yeah. CVH still technically counts, right?
3: Mm, Corey, like, listen, like, yeah. I'm
0: not saying I would date him, but I would let Corey hit on me in a bar. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a good, there's a good looking dudes in the Legends community, and uh, there's a, plenty of attractive ladies that I won't comment on because I'm married. I
2: think it's like.
0: I'm just saying, I-, I think you're the most attractive.
2: <laughs> Justin Kappa Prey. Says the guy who won't
0: even <laughs> let me touch him.
1: I don't let anybody touch me. Well, I know, but still. Except for oh, Sandra. F- yeah, except for Sandra. But yeah, fun fact, Silver Fuse. I-, I-, I have this thing about people touching me. Like, I I didn't in- I didn't really... It wasn't like as pronounced until I got sober. Um, but now I just really dislike it. Yeah. Um,
2: I understand that. I was actually... um Like, I'm pretty hypersensitive to touch in general. And... Yeah. Um, my husband, like, when we first started dating, his family is a big- Like, my family is very, like, we're very reclusive. Like, we're yeah. introverts, reclusive, we don't have parties, we're just like, Alright, we're gonna stay at home watch a movie tonight. Like, that's just my family, and we're not huggy, touchy-feely- my husband's yeah. family, on the other hand, they want to do everything together all the time. They're like, uh-huh. oh, we're going to have dinner now, we're going to do this. And, like, they yeah. want to hug be- when they see you, hug before uh. you leave. And I'm just like, oh, my. Like, it yeah. was really, like, Dude. when we were first starting dating, too, I was like, I don't know you. Like, I don't want to hug you. Even if I do know you, I don't want to hug you. It was, yeah. uh, not for me at the beginning. I've gotten a little bit better with it, but yeah. I'm, like, I don't even like shaking hands. Like hey I, all right, that's all i like i agree
1: there's a limit to how long a handshake should be i i uh i i, I just i explain it like this when people ask about it like more explanation i'm like yeah i, I remember the
0: time my dad hugged me i was <laughs> <laughs> 29 yeah usually enough i'm of an explanation. like i'm very comfortable i guess with touch like it doesn't bother me and i'm definitely what i would consider to be like a hugger but that's also why <laughs> before justin and i met i was like, hey. Like, yeah. I'm letting you know ahead of time I'm a hugger, and he's like, hey, don't do that, and we we had- But, ha- you know what? But wait, I wait. asked, and so that, if yeah. you're paying attention at home, is yeah. how consent. things are supposed yeah. to work. That's called consent, and but you, you know need what? it at all times, even when it's men to men.
1: Yeah. I will say though, after you and I had spent some time together, several, we actually hung out several times. Like we did hug at the end of QuakeCon.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's yeah. just that like, I, I like to be respectful of people's space. So I, yeah, I, I like I to really, warn ahead of time, like I'm a hugger. So like, yeah. if you, if you don't want that, just let me know.
1: Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, Sanders, you know, Sam's family is oh God, from Mexico yeah. and like, there's a lot of touching and hugging and stuff. And like, I still do the, like every time I see her dad, Like I see her dad every Friday, like because like just like you know you're so you're talking about your uh husband's family like they're they're really like involved too right like i might not hear from my dad for months and like that's totally normal um but like with with them you know like we see them every week and uh i still do the thing with him where like we kind of like I, i'm giving him the pat on the back kind of hug because i really want the hug to like and not that, not, that, not that I don't not right. that I don't love him and I don't have tremendous yeah. respect for
0: him, but I can also just like you know, I can't. Hey, have you ever I like
2: definitely agree with you, Justin? Have you
0: ever yeah. like knocked on a wall to hear the hollow spots? That's me uh, when I'm patting on somebody's back. I'm trying to find the spot to put the knife, you know, the weak wow. spot. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> uh, Justin, are you doing your doctorate in psychology to become a psychologist?
1: I'm working on my master's in uh, clinical um, sorry I'm playing Path of Exile in in, uh, clinical mental health counseling uh, towards an LPC and then the Sanders also in grad school and as a convicted felon the things that being a having a phd would allow me to do versus the things that having an lpc would allow me to do there's no difference basically like i'm never going to be able to work in a hospital and stuff like that so sandra will continue on to get her phd and then my plan is to not
2: yeah i know i actually looked into doing psychology myself for a while and that path is still like really hard so i respect it a lot like i think people like you know psychology is often seen as like a joke degree as your bachelor's but the master's and the phd are just like you just dive into a whole nother layer of depth and it's i mean it's hard like there's it's hard to find like internships and stuff too and like you have to do like you really have to love it and like after looking into it more i was like well i just don't quite think that fits me enough but i respect a lot of people who do and i know it sounds very stressful I know a few people who have gone that route. So, like, I respect that job a lot. Yeah, thank you.
1: I, I mean, it's... it's What I'm doing is everything that is, like, tedious about learning about medicine combined with, like, learning entire new, like, basically languages with which to speak to people. Um, it's it's complex. Uh, you certainly see a lot of people who are, who are naturals at it, and then you see some people who... Um, need a lot of work, frankly.
0: Yeah, some people um, are communicators and some people are scientists and some people are both.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's this and and, and it's really it's a it's an overlap of the two the two fields. Yeah. You know, you know like I'm, I really struggle in like my research methods class, my diagnosis and treatment planning classes, stuff like that, and then like in you know counseling the culturally diverse and in like counseling the substance abuser and uh motivational interviewing specific therapeutic techniques and styles like i it comes fairly effortlessly to me but like the flip side is that i'm working a thousand times harder in these classes that have anything analytical going on <laughs> right <laughs> because like that's just not me like i'm a feelings guy like you know i just i don't yeah so uh
0: but it's fun Change of pace question. Uh, Dirk Ecologist asks Do tournaments take too long or do people like that they go all day? I
1: think Legends is at the very cusp of how long individual matches can take before you cannot have a functional one day tournament.
2: I think so too. Even QuakeCon was like, that was brutal. QuakeCon was, or like, not quite well, QuakeCon and the qualifiers. Left. The qualifiers. Like, that was just brutal. Those that was a long day. Like, I mean, and yeah. then the fact, like, you know, the second one I made it to top eight, and it was like, I have to wake up and do this all over again. And like, yeah. emotionally, you're like hyped at the same time, you're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, and you know, you can see the lineup. So, I was like testing the night before, and honestly, I was like, Oh wow, I'm pretty screwed against this lineup just because the way, like, uh, the decks I was playing against, I had Shinara make all the decks, and I i generally wasn't winning even when i felt like i was taking the most advantageous lines mm-hmm. so i was like like <laughs> i was pretty stressed out before because i was like wow well, um you know like tempo assassin's good into my crusader and my halalu and then mid bm's good into both of those too and he, uh, i had scout which i mean it was pretty good into most things i like good into tempo assassin and such but it was uh it was conquest, though. So you only had to win. You only got one game with those. So, but overall, it, it's long. Like today was long, too. This was 32 people and it took seven and a half hours. And this was a very he- heavy aggro meta. If it was control, I mean, I would have not have been able to take a 30 minute nap before yeah. the podcast. So, <laughs> and yeah. And eat.
0: That's something that's uh, like really important that I want to touch on that I think gets lost in a lot of the conversations about things like conscription right as much hate as that card gets it does end games sooner for what are supposed to technically be control decks right so i
2: don't think i like that though i i
0: know i know that people say like you don't like that but you do have to remember one like if there's ever a meta where those are the good decks and they're not ending the games a little bit sooner and you're, you're just single games, not even talking about your rounds, like if your single games are, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and now you're talking like two hours for a single round between people, like your tournaments bleed on, and then uh, at its heart, uh, Legends is a mobile game more than, uh, well, okay, the majority of our players play on mobile um <laughs> Good save. yeah Good and save. and uh <laughs> you know they're they're people that like listen i'm not saying that mobile players don't necessarily want to have long games either but if you're you know aeolus for example if you're like her or you're like me and you're trying to play on like your lunch break uh it can be a really negative experience if this is your week right like week uh Monday I jump in and I play against a control player and the game takes half an hour and I lose right but I only got one game in but I lost so my entire experience if that's like my outlet with the game yep. is like I just lost today Tuesday <laughs> I play against support mage I don't even get to finish my game because it's support mage and it, it runs too long for my lunch break so then like I don't even finish that game Wednesday I play against control and I lose right like you can kind of see where I'm going here where Uh, There are these limited windows of play, Uh, you know, again, Aeolus plays when she's on her train to work, things like that, and I'm not saying that that is 100% needs to be, like, on the mind from a design standpoint, but it does need to be, I think, something considered, or at least talked about.
2: I guess to me, like, that, I think, I guess I see that as appealing more to, like, the casual base and, like, mobile as well, but I think from a competitive standpoint... Like, I personally, like, I think, like, the Joe Caracon games today were, like, fantastic. It was also the beginning of the day, and it was really, you know, hyped up for it. But as the day went on, and I'm just seeing Warrior kill each other at turn 6, turn 7, over and over and over again. Like, no offense to any of the players, they all played great, but that starts to get boring really quick. And I don't think as a spectator, that's very fun. Like, you're watching the same duck play three times. Yeah.
3: I and t- it was the talk totally...
2: about where we your last hero standing. So we saw Warrior 3 0 two times. Like six games of Warrior in a row is not fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that there is a little disconnect between what makes for a good tournament viewing experience and what makes for an ideal mobile game.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I would agree with you. I don't necessarily just want to see an aggro fest, but what I'm saying is, is that from the control side, right? So when I'm talking about like cards like Conscription that get a lot of hate or whatever, um, you know, even if you're playing a control deck, I think that turn, like, 15 is probably the sweet spot in my mind. Like, re- f- at least somewhere between 15 and 20. Uh, like, if I want to be ultra-conservative and give people a ton of extra time. But, like, it- <laughs> if, uh, you know, if you're playing an aggro deck and you end by turn 6, like, that's great. But if I'm playing the control deck, you want the game to last long enough where you can play some of your big impact cards, right? You want to play your Odavings and feel good about it. You want to play your late-game combos... But then those should close out the game, right? Like, I don't need to play three conscriptions in Journey or (laughs) Perthernax, you know, four times. or You know what I mean? Like, when you get to that point... um,
2: I do think Control had a hard time closing games. Like, even with Scout, like, it is... You build this giant board. I mean, at times two, your opponent should just concede. Like, I think that's... I don't... I think sometimes Control gets blamed for you know you see people run all the time they're like why won't they just break my ruins why won't they just break my ruins and it's just people that don't understand that if i'm control and i give you those cards then you might get lethal now so yeah, like if you're mind. a good player you're not going to do that and i think the other opponent if you're top decking and i stabilize at 22 health and yeah. I have a full board, just Conceit. There is no point on the ladder, especially to be playing that game anymore. It's not fun for either one of us.
1: It was it TDC Jason who was explaining some what like his thought process at the QuakeCon was? Yeah. He was like, he was like, I figured, like he, he's like, he figured it out because you know he knew the list. He's like, there were exactly yeah. two ways I could have lost this game at this point. I mean, they're, they're he was in dominant position. He had more cards and all this. But he's like, there were exactly two ways that I could still lose this game, and both of them involved me breaking any of my opponent's ruins. Mm-hmm. and so that's why the game went on for another 15 minutes i will say like and, and i think that it's important to remember even though i love these sorts of games sometimes like few things are as satisfying as winning like a 30 minute long legends game like that is one of the most amazing feelings you can get playing legends
2: like the link first jason matchup at QuakeCon. yeah yeah that the was flips, beautiful the
1: flip side though is that Few things make me hate Legends more <laughs> than <laughs> losing a thirty-minute-long Legends game, right? Right. a like,
2: Charmer just I, losing I, a game at all. That's
1: true. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I'm, I had like a, an almost like a meltdown. I mean, uh, you know, I guess for me anyway. Uh, I uh, when I was streaming on Tuesday, or no, on Thursday, because I was playing. I played like a 3rd 30 twenty-five, thirty-minute-long game against a Telvani deck that was running Altars, Journey, like necromancer's amulet and blah, blah, blah. And of course I'm playing some deck that can't win till turn 15. (laughs) And like, they also couldn't win. Right. But like, I knew that given like an infinite amount of time, they were going to win, but I was like stubborn and I was like, fuck i'm streaming i'm not i'm I'm at 45 life like i'm not conceding you know yeah and i kept playing and and it was a horrible decision on my part because like i just kept getting angry and angry by the time i fucking finally actually
2: against support mage too like that it was that was what happened support mage like you knew that your game was done but at the same time you're like ah, i'm just gonna waste their time (laughs) they have no win conditions
1: (laughs) right yeah I, i actually my yeah (laughs) <laughs> my favorite, my favorite version of support mage actually run literally no win conditions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's um, something fun
0: about that.
2: Their win condition is I have cards you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I've lost, I've lost games actually though, playing support mage against people who figured out what I was doing and played <laughs> me until I drew my deck out. <laughs> and then i'm like oh man fuck <laughs> like because you I know sometimes i had him. right sometimes you don't hit anything off your orb and off your college or whatever and so you never have an, you just actually have no way to win the game
0: <laughs> and it's it's not great <laughs> uh this is a quick hitter question uh elvin ziggy asks justin do you have a request dropbox i remember a movie with adam sandler where he was a comedian who had someone write joke ideas for him uh justin has a discord Server where you can make video oh, yeah. suggestions to him. Yeah, I, I, um, I take those suggestions, and he'll take those suggestions. Uh, similarly, I have a Discord server that has a spot for questions to me. Um, I don't necessarily do every <laughs> suggestion, uh, but I will always answer any questions. Um, and then uh, both Justin's server and my server have sections for if you just want to hang out and talk about legends. Yeah. Um, Fun fact: Derek's
1: Discord also has a section which is exclusively populated with fucking memes about suicide.
0: Shh You're gonna gonna get me in trouble.
1: The first time that we got something added to the list of shit we're not allowed to talk about at official Bethesda events because of Derek. (laughs) Because Derek was like, Hey, can I make suicide jokes? And they're like, No suicide uh, jokes, no prison
2: jokes, no drug jokes.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, no, you cannot. How long
2: would you say that list is? It's growing. Five or six? I was expecting like a hundred something of things well, it, that you're not well, allowed to talk about. It started
0: nothing. with zero. Like to in my yeah. defense, they said we were like, Hey, is there anything you don't want us to talk about? And they were like, No, you're probably good. And I was like, Oh, so I can make suicide jokes? And they went, No. <laughs> right? And and then Justin was like, Oh, so like, do you want me talking about prison? And they were like, No. And then I think they were realizing, Oh, maybe we should have had <laughs> Wait, this.
2: These guys actually yeah. have a different background than we thought they did. <laughs> we
1: did kind of cause this problem ourselves. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> then and then like for the pax east one especially because we were kind of like told no suicide no uh no political jokes was one of them it was so funny because we we had sent them our video that we wanted to play at pax east (laughs) and cvh approved it and matt grandstaff approved it and then when we got there and they were giving us the list i went Um, what does that mean about our video? And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, one of my custom cards literally has me with a noose around my neck and another one has me as a card type of Russian where I'm giving people (laughs) the finger, like, (laughs) and they were like, wait, what? approved. (laughs) I saw the blood drain from CVH's face. Like he did not know what to do. He had to run and find Matt. And when he found Matt, Matt just went, I've approved it. So we're rolling. That
1: was pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty great. Why
2: have I not seen this video?
1: Oh my God, are you serious, Derek? Can no, you I can you play it, it on? The, can you play it right now? Uh, probably. I'm How sure. long
2: ago is this?
1: This was in April.
2: I wasn't playing then, that's why. Oh yeah,
0: I'll uh I'll find it and then we can we can throw it up here real quick. Um, they flew
1: us out to Boston, and we were at PAX East for the Bethesda Days thing, which, by the way, is where I got my favorite T-shirt of all time. Uh. And we asked, we're like, "Hey, can we make a video?" <laughs> and then, "Can you play it on your official fucking channel?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure. How bad can it be?" <laughs> <laughs> and like, so we, it was like, it was like four days after Marwind came out. So the video's premise is that, "Oops, we forgot like a sixth house," <laughs> and so we invented a sixth house with some custom cards. It's it's a, it's a pretty fun videos. Sandra and Derek and I all collaborated on it.
0: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be able to play it here in, in just a minute. Uh, let's catch up on questions r- real quick, and then I'll, uh, I'll hammer it. I, I think I got it where I can do it.
1: It's where the House Sodius thing is from.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where that comes from. Um, all right, so we'll rapid-fire some questions real quick. Uh, Zenkarn wants to know, uh, Justin, does this endorsement mean that the Crab Shack is getting a team with you and Charmer as team leaders?
1: Yeah, so like earlier this week, some guys in the Discord were like, "Let's start an official team," and I was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> and so people started putting like, the crab thing in front of their names. I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" And I was like, "By the way, guys, like, I have no leadership skills, and I don't like know the first thing about being on a team." Uh, but if you want to do this, like, I'll totally support you. <laughs> so that's where we're at with it right now.
2: But crabs and crabs and memes only.
1: Yeah, that would be cool.
0: Um...
1: Back, back when I did play in tournaments, like and like I, I i would routinely bring like mimi decks cuz i just thought you know i think i thought it would be fun and like i i you know i knew i was there and uh <laughs> like I got one of my the highlights for me was beating furo in a tournament with singleton monk against his real monk deck <laughs> i was just like yeah this is pretty good <laughs> this is a good moment for justin <laughs> um just
0: recapping uh Not really a question, but it's entirely worth saying out loud. uh, Corey Mailhouse recognized uh, that he does not remember asking Justin to give him a hug in Texas, but he did hug Justin, but all he remembers was the erection. Uh, He does not say from who.
1: This is why Corey is, like, honestly (laughs) one of my favorite people. (laughs) Corey is... I'm, I'm pretty sure Corey is a mod in my Discord. Let me check real quick. Who's a mod in my Discord? He is. Corey's a mod on my Discord. Corey, Byrne, duclo and J-Star. And you, Derek. You're a mod, too.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Because I need, also, need to Wayne drop Mc... the hammer.
1: Wayne McPain's not online right now, though.
0: Uh, Zenkarn asks, For tournaments like Master Series Finals, do you play on your own account, or do they make you uh, a puppet account with just your deck lists? You play with your own, and the best example that I can provide of that is if you go back and you watch Person of Secrets, I think all of his decks were premium.
2: Premium! They were... Every single card. Like,
0: he, he, like, just decked them all out. Um, you know, because you want that, that mind game, right? Like, you want to be like, hey.
2: He a lot of arena <laughs> to yeah. get those. Um, also, too, yeah, like, if you queue in the wrong deck in a tournament, you just lose. That I mean, if happens. you abandon deck. Like, yeah, that, that always seems to happen in a tournament. I don't think we... Oh, wait, we did have that happen in one of ours... Uh I think it queued the wrong deck. Uh I think it was last weekend. Hmm. But yeah, it I mean that was debated for I forgot what happened. I think it happened in Quakecon qualifiers where it did. It, I think Will It was Will. The wrong deck, yep. deck, it was Will. And they gave him the loss where another person did the same thing and they allowed the other player to decide it Which a lot of people are like, well, the other player should be able to decide it, but I'm going to just throw it out there. that I highly disagree with that because then, you know, people who tend to be, like, more nice and empathetic are going to be, like, feel pressured to do that. Or if someone... Or also to, like, say, like, if I had done that and I, you know, it's a competitive environment and let's just say I want to take the win. But then all of a sudden, I'm going to be pressured by the community and, like, shaped as a bad person if I decide to take that win. Even though, like... By the rules, I'm own that win. So I think like the rule should just be followed yeah, on it where of, like, if you get the wrong deck like there is no like well, you know this person said it's okay. like it just needs to be a standard rule and the other players' perspective shouldn't influence that ruling in my opinion just yeah,
0: because yeah. I, I mean I agree with that. I think it needs I to be dis- administrative hundred percent.
2: yeah, I disagreed with the way they handled that at Quakecon too. I don't remember.
0: I mean, I remember it happening, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um,
2: one person got a forfeit, or one person got a loss, and one person it was just uh, seen as uh, like a redo, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, huh.
0: Rug Tumpington said, uh, Justin and Charmer, <laughs> I met you guys at Bethesda dates was nice to talk to you 2 CVH, and Sandra, so that must have been the PAX East one, because Sandra was That's there. That's
1: awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Those good times.
0: Um, I look forward
1: to the return of, like, convention season
0: yeah i I mean i just look forward to all things legends really all right we are gonna turn on the old primary desktop and play the house sodius video for those of you who haven't seen it which also reminds me yeah we need we desperately need to get some more advertisers back on the podcast aka commercials
1: oh yeah yeah let's do that hold on hold oh I bet there's going to be a commercial next Saturday.
0: You think so? Maybe. I bet so. I I think we can uh, find some advertisers by then. I bet we could definitely have a special advertiser next Saturday. So let let us uh, travel back in time and uh, remind you all that this this video was made uh, basically right when Houses of Morrowind was coming out. I know that's hard to remember. It was like two we, days after the expansion. Because we've out. had so many content releases since then. But try to try to go back to that <laughs> point in time. Burn. They actually let us play this at PAX East, by the way. <laughs> on the official the Bethesda Drown, channel. Like we're on April a stage 5th. while they play this.
1: You know, we were all real happy like around here, being that we are Dunmer and we live in Marw, yeah, but I there was something missing. You know, there was House Telvani's magics and Tribunal temples, uh, big critters, and of course House Lalu and their plotting, House Dagoth and those weirdos in the woods and them big critters, and that other house that, you know, people talk about. But you see, something was missing. The secret sixth house of Marwin. Well, we here with this supplemental set is gonna write that. That's why we're proud to bring you House Sodius, the sixth and missing house from Houses of Morrowind. Brought to you by the same people who brought you the other five, House Six, House Sodius is where it's going on. We may be the forgotten people of Morrowind, but we have not been forgotten in our own hearts. And now we're making a big impact <laughs> on the game with our new mechanic, mining. Mining is a new keyword, special to House Sodius, that says if this creature's controller emoted in the last 30 seconds, this creature's gotta get attacked. When I say emote, I mean any of them fancy little things you have your avatar say in the middle of the game when you're feeling a little salty. Because as you all know, down here, salt, salt's a way of life. Or devil's sugar, as the Northlanders call it. That's how we roll. So when a creature's got mining, like this uh, here fellow I'm about to show you, you take, uh, you take advantage of the that, that <laughs> powerful emote opportunity you've already been using this entire time. See, a good player from House Sodius likes to spam his emotes at his opponent all day, every day. And that's why I am super excited to bring you the very first representative of House Sodius. I, present I love that card. Red Manners. <laughs> this card right here is a 1-5 for 4. And like everything in House Sodius, it moves a little slow to get the damage done. But you see there, it's got mining. Which means if your opponent's doing his job, and he's spamming emotes, and he controls one of these bad boys, you're going to have to attack it each turn. And the first time it gets attacked, in fact, every time it gets attacked, it gets warred. So this is exactly the kind of card this game needs to encourage positive interaction between players. Your opponent's going to be saying, buy the egg a fine battle. And stuff like that, and you're gonna say, "Well, I better kill that," but you're gonna find yourself quickly unable to do so, which is how House Sodius does
0: it. Yeah, this this was so like I when we sent this, we were totally expecting them to say like, "No," like one I thought they'd tell us to shorten it, and when we were on stage, Justin was like, "Dude, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life."
1: Yeah, like I said before, here at House Sodius, we try to take life in stride, except when we're salty, of course. In which case, you know. We don't, but Salt's a way of life here, so this creature right here, the Master of Salt, is the first legendary creature card I'm going to be presenting from House Sodius in the new supplemental Houses of Morrowind, the 6th House of Morrowind expansion set. You see, whenever this fella here is attacked, you can add 10 seconds to your turn timer for the rest of the game. Now you're going to find that this interacts real positive-like with a whole bunch of the stuff we're already doing here at House Sodius. But on top of that, what you're also getting those old card is another frames. way to bring the salt tomorrow. I'm also super excited to present to you Rope Master. Rope Master is one of those kind of cards you're going to drop in your early game, and your opponent's going to say, "Well, I ain't got to worry about that because is a one drop." Well, in our supplemental expansion introducing High Sodius, that's all going to change. Ropemaster right here is a 1-3-for-1, which is already a fantastic stat line competing with one of the best targets <laughs> in the game Jesus one crab market. see, the thing about this guy is the game goes on for long enough, and I mean long enough, this critter gets even what bigger. Crabby okay? Because part of the House Sodia strategy, and this is something I know is going to be real popular with all you fans of the game out there, is taking advantage of every minute you can in this game to increase the maximum oh, amount of salt that my you're wife bringing says... to the table.
0: I just take a moment and thank the wives that help make guy, videos he and pictures. Three, That's a shout out four. to Sandra. If you end, shout you out to my wife front. who is taking if a picture of me. This, you, you know, know what, what I mean. kind of conversation you have to have you're when really you're like, hey, honey, I need you to come game take game a picture of me while I've got a noose around my neck.
1: But if you run out to turn the first time, 2 4, turn 1. That's amazing stats. She took good photos of me, though. This creature gets big as it can be. And since there's really no point in winning the game when you're playing incredibly insane. This guy's Lot of 43, if I don't math filmed, right, has filmed every single one of Rope the Rope Masters. Videos is a great card, and one I'm proud and, of. And uh, also does all the Elder costumes Elder Legends. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. I was just got <laughs> ready to go out and do some <laughs> salt hunting. You see, salt, besides being a way of life, is also just what we feed on entirely here. Salt fuels our lives. I mean, if it weren't for salt, I wouldn't get up in the morning. I live each and every minute of my day to present as much salt to my enemies as possible. And, of course, sometimes the salt gets to me as well. I got high cholesterol, high blood pressure. And all that is, of course, a consequence of my massive daily salt intake. But that's how you do it here in House Sodius. If you don't do it like that, why are you playing the game? I'm not playing this game to have fun. I'm playing this game to get angry. And that's why
0: <laughs> that's my favorite House line of Sodius. the entire thing. I have a gif of that saved where he says, I'm not playing this game to have fun, I'm playing this game to get angry. Oh man, yeah. When we were up there on stage, like that was that was something else because Justin's right, it was pretty embarrassing. Because when you when you're at an event like that, you have to remember it's for all of the Bethesda stuff. So there's a a huge number of people in the crowd who have no idea what Legends Eve even is, let alone what us jokers are doing up there on stage. And then when this thing comes on, the faces.
2: (laughs) I mean, Justin's painted blue as well. Yeah. (laughs) With the shovel in his hand. Yeah. I'd be like, what is this game?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, again, like when we sent that, Justin and I both wholeheartedly thought they were going to tell us, no, you have to yeah. come up with something else.
1: We, we even <laughs> talked about things we would edit out because we expected to get to reject it immediately because they asked for it like a, like a week in advance. No, yeah. no, they yeah. were just and like, looks were, great, guys.
2: They were, they were like, like what w- the fuck? looks great, guys. <laughs> they totally just didn't watch it, did they? They were just like, Uh, five minutes. All right, that's within the time frame. (laughs) Call it good. Yeah, and
0: and they invited us back.
2: (laughs) I know. I know.
1: (laughs) I mean, like Derek and I actually had like a no way moment when they invited us like to the Legends thing a couple weeks later, and then again for the QuakeCon thing, we're like, what? what, How does? What is? What is going on here? Like, like they know the content we make, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I did notice that for PAX West they didn't let us come up with a video that day.
1: <laughs> That is true. We asked and they said no.
0: <laughs> they were like, Well, we want to talk about like the new client and stuff, and we were like, Yeah, uh-huh, like I know what's up.
1: <laughs> but but you know what? They they uh they have been super accommodating with our plans to do cool shit this week. Is that
3: his injunction?
1: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. N- neuro neuro Neuroactive says makeup is so realistic, it's in the Uncanny Valley. That's like the uncanny asshole, bro. <laughs> like, that is not the
0: Uncanny Valley. Shit. <laughs> Dr. Lupo is still trying to do his world record. Oh man, somebody's trying to do a world record in the background there.
1: Yeah, wish him luck, please. Uh,
0: Points and a <laughs>
1: Fortnite points, holy shitballs. Dude, that's... Yeah, he's
2: watching Lupo right now. They can what? hear you. What? You're talking loud so they can hear you. Now that I'm interested was, uh... in
0: this uh Fortnite world record. Every yeah. time Sanders shows up on one of these podcasts it's to make fun of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what a good wife does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's true. It's usually we all actually... my wife does is make fun of me, but that's okay. I deserve it.
2: The I mean, I make on my husband all the time. I mean... And she tries to support me. No.
1: Yeah, Derek, your wife is very supportive. The yeah. other day I was in your channel during a stream and I, I had made the observation that your wife is super supportive and tells you all these really, like, positive things to keep you, you know, encouraged during a game. And then I was like, Sandra, when we're playing a game, call, make sure I know that I'm dumb and not a great player and that, like, it's, I deserve to lose. And I, but here's the thing. They were both, they're
0: both telling us what we need to hear. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's... It's so interesting. Like, my, I I obviously couldn't do content creation without my wife because she facilitates my ability to do it uh, on a number of levels. But it's also funny to me because not only are they telling us exactly what we need to hear, but they're also telling us those things at the worst possible moments like sandra's telling you you suck when you're actually sucking and i can see that it's like like you know you need to hear me you're like Arr. and then she's like she my wife is like hey like i know you can do it and it's but but it's like when i'm losing and i'm already angry and in my head i'm like it just makes me more angry <laughs> on but, stream
2: all the time she's like you got this and you're like no i don't he's just yeah, gonna do just this let me swallow time. in
0: my self-pity but yeah they i mean they're our biggest cheerleaders and they're it's so funny like I I married Justin and Justin married me as weird as that sounds. like Sandra and I when we met yeah. are, are so uh, very, very similar, similar. Yeah. and then um, Justin, uh, unfortunately because of it's so much harder to travel with kids, has not yet met my wife, but he will someday. Right. Um, and they are they are very uh, similar as well. like I uh, I think they would have a blast so some yeah, sometime here soon we're gonna like meet somewhere in the middle of the country and, and do something. Yeah.
1: Le- legends con
0: yeah legends con or
1: wait i need to make this clear <laughs> legends con is not actually a thing
0: yeah no no no, no yeah.
1: what yeah no, no no but i've been making jokes about how we need to have a legends con and by the way denver would be a great place for it
0: <laughs> yeah he's he's talking more about like maybe trying to schedule a community get together or something i've also talked to justin yeah. about maybe trying to uh, like, I'd be okay with go too. go to uh, Gen Con or something, just because that's kind of yeah. like centrally located in the country, and it gives people an excuse right. to to go. Um, I don't know. We've talked about a couple of different things, but we do want to get some sort of like get together organized at some point. I think that would be a lot of fun. I and, hear. um, but no, I mean we could just like you know go to like Budacon or.
1: Is Budacon a real thing?
0: I don't know. It's probably it like...
2: has to be, doesn't it? Wait. Me... I
1: don't know. I mean, I feel like I would know about it.
2: <laughs> um, there's one in New York and there's one in Philadelphia. Oh. Apparently, there's multiple.
1: No, hold on. Wait. No, these Wait. are restaurants called Budokan.
2: Wait, dang <laughs> it!
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I want to go to one Oh, uh, let
2: me let me type in a convention instead there's Buddha fest in LA.
0: Somehow. I feel like if it's a Buddha fest in LA, it's not really about Buddhism. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, let's see. It talks about films, talks, meditation, and live music inspired by Buddhist principles.
1: Ladder Alice. I thought you were going to Colorado Springs, man. I was actually really looking forward to kicking it with you.
0: Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I saw my name in chat and had to address it. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of chat, uh, Mac Milinov asked us, uh, I think the best win condition for Control Mage uh, used to be Pillaging Tribune. Uh, it was too much at the time, but do you think it would be okay to unnerf Pillaging Tribune today?
1: Mm. You know what? It might... That is the, the single card that you could probably unnerf and actually improve the game, I think. I'm trying to think of ways that it's horribly unfun. It's not a fun card as the person on the receiving end of it to begin with. And it it enables decks that traditionally took forever to win. But those decks, since the card got nerfed, have gotten a lot more proactive tools that they just don't run because they don't have a card like it. Here's,
0: I'm not not sure. Here's why I don't think you can unnerf it. I actually don't think you can unnerf it because it would be the new Burn and Pillage for the Aggro Mirror. So, like when legends first to open beta your uh whether you want to call it mid-range or aggro or whatever your mirrors for like archer games were who got to play burn and pillage first because it put yeah. the other person so far behind that like like it didn't right. matter right. um if you're playing like a redder and aggro deck against any other aggro deck and they're like even if your turn five is like sower if their turn five is uh you know pillager especially on a full lane where you might have catapults or something uh, I think you put the game out of reach like really quickly there. I think that it's just as scary an aggro uh, with like the old version. And if you're not familiar, the old uh, Pillaging Tribune was uh, a summon of it gave every other creature in the lane drain. So it was capable of some pretty massive health swings. Uh,
2: yeah, especially with the boards that you can develop right now. With like yeah. Path Mage, for example, yeah. on 11. That would be that, pretty nuts. Uh,
1: that is fair. So... Uh Nicole said something in chat that reminded me of something about what it's like to meet people in person. Um, we put up a poll before Derek and and uh, and Christian and I uh, met for the first time asking who they, how how tall everyone thought we all were <laughs> <laughs> because you know, we never stood next to each other and every, like everybody like it was all wrong, right like Christian is four inches taller than me, maybe, three inches at least. And then I'm an inch or two taller than Derek. Everybody thought it was like the other way around.
0: It's so weird. What would
2: you guess I am?
0: How
1: tall do we think you are?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, five six.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I think that there's uh, two possible answers with like no room for variance in between. All you
1: right, you,
0: are you are either five four or you are six five.
3: <laughs> you are six five. Yeah, you
0: are either uh, a hulking uh, Amazonian queen. Or, uh, you are a tiny, uh, like shortstop or catcher, uh, on a softball team.
2: Um, I'm five foot nine.
0: No, oh, wow. see? Yeah. It's impossible to tell. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was actually something Um, a group of the women were talking about it, where, like, I think it was the oldest, like, I just imagine everyone being so much shorter than I am. She's like, I always guess everyone, like, 5'4", 5'2", stuff like that, and then yeah. I was like, well, I'm 5'9", and then, like, Asami was, like, 5'10", and Kayla was, like, six foot. Like, we were all very tall women in general, and uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone was like, yeah, we weren't expecting that, because, like, on camera, everyone kind of looks a little bit smaller, I think. Like, yeah. like, stature wise i think camera still adds pounds unfortunately but i think like stature wise everyone looks like they're or at least the women are just like assumed to be like five four five two five six or lower so I... I think that's always interesting
1: about the camera adding pounds i actually think i look thinner on camera
2: lucky justin <laughs> Yeah. i always feel like i look yeah I, I don't i think it depends what i wear too though it makes a big difference on what you wear, I would say. It's I was gonna
0: say I don't. I guess I've really noticed because usually it's like this, where it's like shoulders up. So like, how do you even tell? And then whenever yeah. I'm like full-bodied on camera, um, it's probably for a Bethesda thing. In which case, I'm wearing a suit. And then again, like, how do you even tell?
1: Sandra is also five nine, by the way.
0: Yeah, she's uh, same height as me. Yeah, I remember that. Um sammy 9 by 19 wants to know, do you, do you and I prefer Charston or Jusmer for our bro-man's name?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. What, what do you think? What should we do?
0: Um, I think Charston's easier to say. Both sure. because I think Jusmer sounds weird and then you also have to have the three in there. Jusmer sounds
1: like, uh, like a, <laughs> a race of elves and Elder Scrolls that lives on some island where there's a lot of inbreeding going on. <laughs> These are the Jusmer. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we're in House Sodius here. <laughs> it it
0: sounds yeah. It sounds like uh, some offshoot of the Dune Mirror that lived in a cave and were forced to inbreed for like right. a century and then came out.
1: Yeah, and my sister wife Ethel. It's
0: funny. Times, nice, man. Oh, was that a good times I heard? I. It was. Oh, Justin's getting tired. I am,
1: but like, I'm, I'm holding, I'm a, I am hanging in there. No, I a, know, I know. I'm just giving you a really time. good episode.
0: No, this has been a fantastic episode. We knew it yeah. would be, though. Season 3 has been off to a great start, except I think we missed last weekend. <laughs> Didn't we? Uh, Did we
2: do an episode last weekend?
0: Pretty sure we missed it, and it was my fault because of oh, my anniversary. Uh, anniversary. That's totally fine. That, that's
2: acceptable. I, I yeah. was
0: spending quality time with my wife, and then when I came home, I basically had like some version of the flu, and I passed out and did not get back mm. up for the podcast. Yeah, that's all right, man.
2: Yeah, completely understandable on
0: that. Alice says Justic Larswalt. I actually kind of like that.
1: I do, too. It sounds <laughs> like a Harry Potter character.
2: It does sound like a Harry Potter character.
0: <clears throat> it does. Or like... um. I could even see it as being, like, some villain in a, a 40s-themed movie about Nazis. Like, Baron von Larswalt sounds like a villain to me. That
2: sounds Yeah, or, like, some kind of, like, detective series movie, <laughs> where that's, like, the main... Either, I would say probably the villain as well. I don't know why it sounds like a villainous name <laughs> yeah, yeah. rather than a heroic name.
3: <laughs> that's funny.
1: See, it's the, the Walt part of it.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Like, that's... My my father's side is uh, comes from Germany and I I've always said that I sound like I, mean, I should have been a like a Baron von Oswald or something.
1: Those are traditionally very
0: villainous people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: family my family's <laughs> also from Germany, I can say that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> letter letter Ellis says, Oh, you guys are definitely the villain that monologues. A hundred percent.
3: Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Listen, actually, I'd go the other way. I'm the villain that monologues because I want you to know every way that I've beat you. And Justin is the villain that like creates the like laser that's gonna like inch slowly towards the rope, <laughs> towards a, like he's he's like the the Goldberg device of villains
2: uh, yeah, in the Bond just, like, movies. Really creative to <laughs> that, his victim. That they, just be like, what is this guy do? Uh, yeah. Um, all right, all right, you just yeah. go with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whenever whenever you're like, who? What villain creates this like weird mouse trap for a person and then leaves them? Of course, they're gonna escape. That's actually Justin. Like. <laughs> he's 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 jigsaw like you could make an entire halloween movie about justin coming up with creative ways
1: oh my god dude that is perfect oh shit (laughs) dude so this is spoiler week we actually haven't really i mean we, we touched on frostfall in the beginning but this is the best time of this i mean like look i the week the like two or three weeks after a set comes out brewing with it obviously fantastic obviously a great time to be playing legends but man like the b- spoiler season is the most exciting for me right because it's zero effort on my well actually that's not even true it's very minimal effort on my part and like i get to see like every day is like christmas right like i, I just i think it's so fun so exciting and and reading out else's reactions and seeing what like, their crazy ideas for <laughs> stuff and like we all kind of come together right, like I, I just I love spoiler season like I, I wouldn't trade it for anything.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time for Legends too, and I think even more so when we have been going through this drought and everyone is just finally like yes yes we get things now and yeah, absolutely. it is an exciting time and hoping to in the future because of having the switch with sparky fans that we won't go through those droughts anymore that we will have like the you know the road map and that we'll have an expansion here and here and then I'm really optimistic about it because I think new content being consistent will help out our game a lot as well as like the overall community. I think a lot of people are negative because the lack of content and seeing the same cards over and over again. So I think with new content and I mean, obviously there's going to be some cards that aren't going to be playable and people will be negative, but I hope that we focus more on the cards that we do like want to experiment and have fun and then competitive as well. And not so much on, like, well, this card's completely unplayable. Like,
0: hey, it's listen, have fun. when Forgotten Hero Collection got released, the number of playable cards was pretty low at the time. And then the next round of content hit, and it became one of the most, like, densely populated expansions ever in terms of playability. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. So, I've
2: heard that many times.
0: So what I'm saying is, is even if there's some stuff that looks underwhelming here, we at least can, like, take solace in the fact that before the end of the year, we're still slated to get Isle of Madness, and it might make stuff that looks lackluster be better, right? Right, and, it,
1: and, it, and it's worth repeating that this expansion was designed after Isle of Madness, right?
2: And this is by Sparky Pants, too? Is it?
1: Uh,
0: ye- I I, I mean, on. here... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: I don't know who it's by, yeah. or what you're all are allowed to say. Yeah. I don't know if I can
1: the question.
0: Let, I'll put it this way, um, it... <laughs> It's uh, it's hard to say uh definitively if it was a hundred percent one or the other, regardless of what we are, may or may not know. Simply because Josh was in both places and had yeah. a lot of influence there, um, so yep. you know whether or not it was uh like other people's ideas that maybe he tweaked to carry over, whether or not it was uh, strictly stuff that was done by Darewolf or Sparky, we we don't you know know, um, but a lot of the influence and a lot of the like ideas and concepts are going to be the same one way or the other. But yeah, this was designed like post aisle, which is interesting to me because this means, and that's why I brought this up, right? This means there is the potential for cards here to maybe look lackluster, but because they also already knew everything that was going to be an aisle, maybe this is like a forward nod to it. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is, I mean, layers on layers on layers here. You know, I mean, it's it's just incredible, and this is we we are like as of this set, right? Like we are finally on two and a half years into this fucking game on a regular release schedule, in theory.
2: In theory, now you're scaring me, Justin.
1: No, I mean, I actually don't have a, like I actually don't know, but
2: you can't break the NDA if you don't know it. <laughs> well, well, we can all hope.
1: I mean, or maybe I'm just getting really good at it, finally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> at breaking the NDA or not breaking the NDA?
1: <laughs> it's impossible to tell for me, really. <laughs> <laughs> if People expect a lot less of you when they assume you're stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a... Uh... This is an exciting time for Legends, man. Like I, 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 know that bugs continue to exist in the new client. I have not experienced a single one since the most recent patch. Um, it's preview season. I've seen we had
2: a lot of spectator bugs today, but I think generally the players' experience wasn't an issue. But we had like cards disappearing on the spectator, so hmm. hopefully they fix the spectator. Like we had to go out a couple times, and there was a turn timer bug but we think it might have only been from the spectator's perspective where it actually like the rope was like going and then it just like skipped down toward the end but Mm. pasta said that he felt like he had had his required like he had had his whole turn and didn't ask for like he had lethal he just had to play a nord and he didn't get to play his nord so (laughs) Uh. i it was interesting that pasta was like hey i was just gonna play that last nord but I wonder what it looked like from his end, and unfortunately, we don't have a recording of that to know if his turn time was skipped or if it was just the spectator bug.
1: I'm really glad that Pasta won, not just because I, I I think he's a really innovative deck builder and a cool guy and an interesting player, but also because Pasta is the guy who made
0: a mud crab's a, th- uh, uh, yeah. a meme, yeah,
1: right. Pasta brought the four mud crab deck lineup to the QuakeCon qualifiers for the first. He was the first person to do that. And Yeah, uh, three today. Yeah, and I, I mean it's just he's the kind of guy who's going to, I mean, like, you know, like there is like a legend's history being written in these sorts of tournaments, you know, and this is, this is a big part of it.
0: And he's the reason we got a bunch of gifts of crabs eating pasta, which is the most important thing.
1: Yeah. 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 That is great. Like I, I, man, my merchant is, is I just kind of as an aside, I feel like the perfect card to create highlight reel moments for viewers of tournaments. You know, like, it is a card for fans, right? It's a card for the audience. Like, it's an interesting card to play with, but it's also at times an absolutely infuriating card to play with. But it is the sort of highlight reel card that Legends was missing when it was just a core set. You know, and there were a lot of conversations back then about how, like, like people were uh, making content for Legends. They're like, I don't, you know, like, what am I supposed to do for, like exciting moments for, like, those Hearthstone moments, right? Uh, that, you know, like, like Brian Kibler can find oh, one every day to put on his f- <laughs> fucking channel, right? But yeah, and Anasi is a good example of a highlight reel card, too. But Mugrat Merchant is just so good at that, you know? Yeah. So fascinating.
2: I mean, that is one of the things about RNG, where, like, Hearthstone is really good at that to get that excitement. And they're also, you like, you have to... To me, I think Hearthstone misses the balance for it, though, where a lot of games feel too RNG-heavy i think where legends has a pretty good balance where yes there's rng that's just part of card games and that keeps the variety up so yeah. i mean i still very much i'm a charmer i very much just like but more spy master i think that card high yeah. rolls way too often um i don't know if you keep st- uh, stats on the charmer but that'd be really interesting like i always feel like it was always like at the top oh, of i can the tell you the stats or the bottom uh, you have the stats yeah
0: because i carve uh, a notch in my arm every time that i see no, no seriously don't do that people um no i i don't keep stats on it I, I usually i usually just black out when i see that card i, I and i'm not anti uh i'm not anti rng i'm usually really pro variance because i think that that's what makes card games uh enjoyable and uh as much as card game players like to say i hate rng the truth is like you play card games because you like that the gameplay is different every time that that variance is what draws you to the genre it's just, I think there is a tipping point between acceptable levels, right? Um, yeah. You know, Bell, uh, Blood Magic Lord is, you know, fine because it's yeah. like less than five and you know the outcomes. Um, but yeah. Spy Spymaster is, you know, quite literally, you know, one in hundreds. And
1: Well, so before we like learned how that card works, right? I remember J-Star during, during Beta kept a a log he played a lot of it and he played a lot of Jack, and he kept logs detailed logs of uh everything he ever pulled from those cards and he sussed out how it worked and then got confirmation of it right
3: yeah but
1: like i i think that it is excessive right as far as rng goes i think that desperate conjuring is good rng right rng you have a a fairly significant amount of control over uh, you know, it, there there are high rolls and low rolls, but, like, you know what you're doing. But my Master is, you know, ridiculous card. But it's great highlight reel stuff, and I play it for that reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, you can make the argument for Crab as well, but to me, I see it less with Crab just because you do have you have to give your opponent a card, too. Like, yes, they're still pretty RNG-heavy. But, like, today, like, I saw times where... Really, I didn't see any crazy high rolls, but there were some damage control. Like, for example, Pasta had to take Rising of Bones instead of a card that he would have liked a lot more. I forgot what it was. Yeah. But that was just because, I mean, he was going to lose if he gave his opponent Rising of Bones to play against his aggro deck. Yeah. And... uh like, but another time, he actually played Mudcrab, and he got certain Pawnbroker, played Mudcrab, and he got Aspirant in an Agro Holalu list, where, I mean, it was like he had just had two more cards in his hand that were in his list, yeah is yeah, pretty funny.
0: I, but, but the thing about Mudcrab is, is I'm fine with that because there's a decision being made. And yeah. there's yeah, information being shared between both players as well. You know what I mean? There, like,
1: there was an interesting mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes moment at, at the Quakecon qualifiers. Derek, do you remember with the Mud Crab Merchant perfect pull?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, was
1: that was a really interesting moment.
0: Yeah, somebody had basically got a card that uh, was so perfect for their, it the. Like, al- it was
1: the red out. It was the red out. Oh
2: yeah, yeah.
0: That there oh, was like questions yes. about did they cue the right deck or whatever um right. but but again like there's a decision made there
2: cards. yeah
0: and so i'm kind of okay with that level of rng even though it could be literally everything the player still has to make an informed decision it's not just like a hail mary i mean it is but it's yeah. not like i, I mm-hmm. guess uh another thing is um like bringer of nightmares never really used to bother me because um, see i disagree i always hated that card i i See, I think Bringer Nightmares is like the way Jack should have been, right? Because there's a, uh, you get information and then you make a decision, right? As opposed to it just being entirely random. And anytime you can put the decision, like if the randomness is then impacting a player's decision, then I think that that's like, okay. Whereas Belmora Spymaster is never impacting my decision. I'm always it just, just I'm just hoping that I get something uh, better than an 01. You know what I mean? Like,
3: yeah.
1: I am falling asleep, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. more Spy Master is one of the best cards for highlight real moments in videos until we get something better. But it's
0: don't say asleep. those words out loud. How dare you? You take that back.
2: Just say Mudcrab instead. Come on, you can't go against mud crabs. I mean, with Balmor Sp- Spy Master, you can't get Mundastone into charge for lethals on pit line.
1: I need to say that I c- fucking called that that was going to happen <laughs> in the weeks before Quakecon. Like,
2: You're like this is going to happen.
1: Yeah, I tweeted out beforehand that somebody was going to win a game from a mud crab merchant into a Mundus stone into a roll,
0: and it happened. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you confirm, Charmer?
0: Oh yeah, he totally did. <laughs> yeah, we were we were losing our minds when it happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I think that that's actually when I said shit during QuakeCon. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Did you get fined for that?
1: <laughs> not at all, man. They actually yeah. didn't have any rules about
0: language.
2: Oh, imagine if you just started uh, going off. Well, like,
0: I was gonna say they said like don't keep be it to a minimum. Yeah, uh, it, it said like don't be excessive because we asked. We were like, you know what happens? You know, right. if in the heat of the moment, we do something, and they were like, look, as long as you're not like deliberately going on a rant or whatever, like they're like, if it's in the passion of it. Yeah, like it is what it is, um, right? So they were pretty good there. They even—I I know I've said this before in the podcast—but they even gave me permission to throw a chair. Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true.
0: Because I'd yeah, asked... They, they came up
1: with a special effects too, like on the scene with the shout thing.
0: Yeah, they were—they were probably a, a a bad influence on Justin and I. <laughs> they really like greenlit anything we could come up with, except well. They we, talked almost...
1: about, we talked about the orc thing. Yeah, and we decided it was just like not feasible for a couple of reasons.
0: Yeah, we almost got uh, them to send us to Disneyland.
1: Yeah, they actually, they the... they 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 would have. They said to that they do, would have do
2: what though? They
0: just hang out. Like I literally Did you had. Film it? Yeah, like I had yeah. pitched. I said I said for this last one, I was uh, when we were getting ready to go into the final week of the qualifiers. I just happened to say to Perry man i was really hoping there was a different set of flights this week because i wanted to come in earlier uh justin and i wanted to go to disneyland and i was going to bring my video camera and we were going to film it and it was we were going to because at the time we were going to make a video for like fun and interactive ghost at disneyland and it was literally just going to be like justin and me doing justin and charmer things but at (laughs) disneyland and and he was like he's like oh man that's really funny he was like if we send you, uh, can we use your your footage and uh, maybe film some stuff for QuakeCon 2? And I was like, wait, what'd you say? He's like, yeah, send you. And I yeah. was like...
1: Why
2: didn't you do it?
1: It didn't work out with our schedule. Yeah, we, it, 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 it,
0: the problem was... Uh, we
1: both, like, I worked Saturday mornings. I, I, I ran a men's group from 9 to noon. And then I would fly from Denver to LA at 2 and get in and there wasn't enough time
0: yeah like no no joke uh every week of the qualifiers justin and i worked and then went straight from work to the airport to fly out to do it and then flew back like
2: yeah i remember seeing your tweets i was like oh my gosh how do you do that four weeks in a row like i'm playing and i'm like holy crap i'm exhausted by sunday i was just always super tired because those turns took a lot of you and then casting i think was even more mentally draining and you're on a big stage too. And you've traveled. Like, I don't know how you did it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, again, shout out to my wife because those weeks, yeah. those weeks during the qualifiers, when, uh, I was also coming back and then I would like land at the airport and go, drive straight from the airport to work. I was a yeah, zombie oh most God. of those yeah. weeks. So it was,
1: it was tough. And our significant others were incredibly supportive during that time. Yeah. You know, shout yeah.
2: That sounds, uh, Flying
1: us around and stuff. Uh yeah. How did we do it? Well, I mean, one of the so one of the reasons Derek and I are such good friends is that like we have shared like traumatic history, which has resulted in like us being like, although totally different people, like very hyper vigilant and also like um the kind of people who work fifty-five hours a week and like don't really bat an eye. So it's just like that that's how we like where we bonded as friends a couple of years ago and that just happens to allow us to do shit like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it turns out like being mentally exhausted and drained and traveling and working a whole lot um doesn't really compare to being an addict. <laughs> like it's yeah. like right. at any given point when you've got like a really rough uh you know, background, you can just go like, well, at least at least it's not that. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean
1: exactly. Like you know, Derek can tell his own story, obviously. But like uh, you know, I was a homeless junkie for like a decade. You know, like Guaycon was, uh, by pers- by matter of perspective, like awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do we have last minute questions? It is. It is getting late for Justin. We're actually approaching like three hours for this podcast. It's one of our <laughs> one of our longest ever.
2: I think Chad is pretty tired too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: I'm also a bit tired from uh, casting and then, I mean, doing a lot.
0: Yeah. Look at that. Uh, two hours and forty eight minutes, and we're we're still rolling. So. confused says, uh, "Damn, missed the whole thing. Don't worry, it'll be up on YouTube uh, either tomorrow or Monday at the latest. Um, or if you want to listen to the audio version, uh, it'll be on like Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher around the same time." You asked a question. Uh, nurse says, uh, "You guys are great. I asked a question earlier, but it's long gone now." <laughs> Immortal King, I want to thank you both uh, for the amount of effort you put into this community, and Silverfuse has been putting in the work too. Much appreciated. And then, so and king. then, just casually drops uh, sub emotes from all three channels. You know, no big casually. deal. <laughs> just casually. Nope. All right. Well, if. I mean, if we don't have any more, we can we can wrap it up. Justin's laughing, but he's muted. So.
2: Fuck. Yeah, I just yeah. noticed that too. I was like, oh he's laughing, but he's muted. Oh man. What were you saying? What I was saying, funny, I, I
1: said my wife is asking me to come to bed, and then like in perfect like synch- like synch- like synchronized perfectly. Derek was like, "Well, you only have the one." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I've only got one wife. I can't handle any more than that." <laughs> and then I, that's when I started laughing, right? So,
0: oh yeah, I, I mean, we could see you like mouthing and and laughing, but we couldn't hear you. So
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
2: Justin in his own world once again.
1: Yeah, we're on, We're in Justin time now. I still got to record a video about this new card too.
0: Yeah, I, I was probably going to do that tomorrow. Because I'm I'm tired myself.
1: I don't know of any reveals tomorrow, but that that doesn't mean there aren't any.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't know. There's only eleven cards, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know anything else about them. Like, I don't know anyone else who's been like, oh yeah, I get to do a reveal on this day.
0: Yeah, and even with there being eleven cards, it doesn't mean there will be eleven reveals because, uh, Forgotten Hero, for example. Well, well, no, it's one of those like. <laughs> uh, i think you probably with a set like this probably do reveal all of them um but more so i was thinking like with forgotten hero there was the three singleton cards and so yeah. like it, it if there's ever a package like that sometimes it might make sense to do like multiple as res a, as a reveal i'm not saying that there is or isn't for this set. i'm just thinking like
2: it makes sense yeah for the future
0: yeah I will say, uh, stay tuned to your favorite Legends content
1: creators and uh, websites and the Reddit and all that stuff over the course of the next week, because this is the big season. This is when you're going to start seeing all the new cards.
2: Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to guess within like the next two weeks, we'll know close to all the cards. But like I said, I don't actually know. <laughs> Just making a guess.
1: Yeah, two weeks sounds... Uh...
2: I like Joe's comment, though. They're going to... (laughs) I I think we need that card. We already have Trader's Flames, but it's not the best card, so we need a good Joe Trader card, and it has to be for Warrior. Yeah.
0: Uh, Trader Joe said uh, they're going to release a card called Trader's Joe and let Link reveal it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe. That would be pretty funny. Ruby Undead, I'm glad you were able to join us today. Thank you very much. You're yeah. my favorite. You're my favorite, Ruby. <laughs> Munsifer wants to know when I reveal a card. I I don't actually know if I
0: can answer that question. I feel like I can.
2: I'm gonna say I'm gonna assume that he's going to do it at some point because there's uh, no way that Justin wouldn't get a card to. I'll, reveal. I'll
0: say this: Justin has publicly said what his streaming schedule is, and you should pay attention and maybe show up for those.
1: That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> a pretty pretty solid idea
0: see i've learned how to dance around yeah
2: <laughs> thanks charmer yeah i mean i know you actually read the nda <laughs> <Justin> <laughs> did not. That's true. so, so yeah. justin's always like i'm not sure if i can say this and char is like well i actually know what my rules are so i'm gonna yeah. hop skip and jump around yeah. this
1: <laughs> yeah no it's exciting uh there's there's some pretty cool shit coming in here in the near future. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, well uh Shinara,
1: this... by the way, you are incorrect.
2: Ban Shinara.
1: You are incorrect <laughs> about your guess there.
2: What did he say?
1: Shannara says, I'm gonna reveal a red card that is an orc.
2: <laughs> That's Apollo card though.
1: I'm not saying anything else. Although it's pretty clear that.
2: I could it's... see Justin revealing an orc card.
1: <laughs> so wait, when did you start playing Legends? So reviews.
2: Um, I technically started like the last week in December, and I played it like I actually did like almost all my games on streams, including learning it like tutorials and stuff, and a lot of community members helps me. And then I did it up until about, like, mid to end February. And then my school started getting... I was, like, doing physics 2 and stuff like that. And it was taking up a lot of my time. And I also... Yeah, I just didn't have that much more time anymore. So I took off from, like, March to the beginning of May. And then once school got out, I started playing Legends again a lot. So i I had only had, like, 90 hours on the game beforehand. And that the qualifier... I had, like, when I actually, like, made it into the top 8, I had had 300 hours on the game.
3: Oh, wow.
1: How many hours? Let me check. I have on Steam...
2: mine's gotta be a lot higher now, though.
1: I have 694 hours on Steam. I play most of my arena runs on my phone. And I I play more arena than I do constructed. Disappointingly, my audience is not nearly as into arena runs as they are in yeah. memes on the ladder
2: so now I'm apparently at a thousand and forty hours cool. but I will say I cast a decent amount and I have definitely left the client open multiple times
3: <laughs> fair
1: enough
2: so I mean I would guess maybe seven hundred hours of play time
1: I, I also played the game for like seven or eight or nine months maybe on the Bethesda client before it came to steam
2: Mine's all been on Steam, except oh, for like yeah. a handful of mobile games.
1: And I played—I mean, like that—that's when I was hitting top ten legend and stuff, so I was playing a yeah. ton
0: more. I, I logged so many hours on that Bethesda. Clan. <laughs> when uh, when my
1: computer died and um, I was offline for like a month. Uh, I remember I couldn't get the it, that, like that was like the same time that, like, Bethesda went to steam because i I remember i could run steam on my work computer but i for some reason the bethesda client wouldn't like was blocked (laughs) like i couldn't download the bethesda client on my work computer so i that's when i started playing eternal (laughs) so i could do that
0: at work
2: yeah i hear a lot of people in my chat they're always like oh i play this game at work and then i watch it at home
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's fair like I said, I played on my work breaks.
2: Charmer being responsible? Or oh, just being held accountable? Not sure which one. Uh, it's, oh, most,
0: it's mostly that my work uh, network is really, really secure because of the nature of my work. So I can only yeah. play on mobile at work. Um, oh, yeah. And... Well, my
2: husband's like thought too. He's an IT. So he mostly watches streams and uh, Reddit because he's... uh network security so there's no breaches and there's not much to do
0: yeah i uh
1: i was really active in the legends reddit during closed beta and like the first several months of open beta and then uh i'm sorry the legends discord i was really active in the legends discord and closed beta and then the first few months of open beta and then i got a different job and work blocked my work the new job blocked access to discord so, I didn't get back on the Discord until about six months ago. I like, think a lot of my stuff goes on at work because because I see clients. Like, there will be, you know, I'll, I'll see a client for an hour and then I'll have an hour to do nothing. And uh, that's when I spam memes on the internet and write Hive Offender.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, usually my time is either on my breaks or sometimes I get to do stuff when I can multitask. Uh, like, I. Every now and then I can lurk in streams during my work day, but I put it on audio only and I treat it like a podcast. I put my headphones in or whatever. Um, like I try to catch Matt and a few others during the day, but it's just, it's so hard because every time that I actually have an open spot on my calendar, then like clockwork, somebody will come by my desk and start talking to me and then I can't pay attention.
1: All right, guys, I got to go to sleep. Okay. Right. Night. Silverfuser is awesome to have you on. You are a fantastic guest, great content creator, excellent streamer, wonderful caster, and I look forward to working with you more in the future. And hopefully, we can meet at one of these fancy Bethesda events at some point.
2: Yeah, that would be really cool.
1: Yes, Derek, you're a badass. I'll message you tomorrow, and uh, hopefully, we can work on that commercial or something like that. Yeah, well,
0: secure advertising.
1: <laughs> secure advertising. Yeah, there you go. Um, and yeah, I got eight hours of class tomorrow too. So, all right. And I'm stream. I'm streaming tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, there will be no card reveal on my channel tomorrow, so it should eliminate the, uh...
2: <laughs> I wonder what day it's gonna be. Severely limit the number of days where
1: <laughs> there will be a reveal, but it won't be tomorrow. Um, tomorrow we're gonna try to hit Legend with the Charis Reaper deck. <laughs>
2: please, gonna post it to Reddit, talk about how OP it is and how everyone needs to play it.
0: Please, please nerf Mushroom Tower. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have Premium Mushroom Tower, Justin. This deck is beckoning me. I think I, have,
0: I think sorry. I have two premium mushrooms.
1: Good night, everybody. You're awesome in chat. Love Good you all.
2: Night. Good night,
0: Justin. Tell Sandra I'm sorry for keeping you up.
1: She likes you <laughs> way more than she likes me.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs>